have a question. Mm-hmm. If, um, I mean, the Real Housewives is like a big thing. How is Riverdale not a tourist spot for Real Housewives fans? Right. And that's, that's how they're going to save Riverdale. Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait. Money. I'm putting money on this. Okay. I, yeah, I love the idea that, like, I'm just, I'm also confused why people aren't just like, oh my god, are you Veronica Lodge from the Real Housewives? Right? <laughs> Hello and welcome to our Riverdale podcast, brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 26-year-old actor and artist. I like brooding anti-heroes, feminist agendas, and I have way too much knowledge regarding details that no one else remembers. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere, and our fun fact for this episode is, once again, courtesy of Dave, he said that we should ask, oh, what was your first car? Because Reggie asks that of that random guy. And Dave episode. wants our banking information. Yeah. <laughs> and Dave also wants to know our mother's maiden name. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I kind of hate that I have to go first for this one because the answer is I've never owned a car. Yeah. For a very long time, I was afraid of driving because uh, I witnessed a car crash when I was eight. And so I was just afraid. And so it took me until I was 21 to own or to, uh, to get my driver's license. Okay, so um, what's the car you learned on then? Uh, it was like my mom's van at the time. What was it? I have no idea. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, I just don't know anything about cars. But it's something that I'm very proud of to like that I overcame that and that I do have my um, driver's license now. Um, but I don't enjoy driving. Like my sister actively enjoys driving. She'll like choose to drive, but I actively don't like driving. Um, and so I don't have a car. I think that's very fair. I, um, mooch off my friends. (laughs) As you should. Thank you. Yeah. And my name is Brittany Ray. I'm a 31-year-old artist and writer. I like badass moms and long naps. I'm on Twitter at Britannia, where I can be be found attempting to be interesting and talking about my cat. I haven't figured out the cadence of that bio yet. Yeah. My first car, similar to Robin, I actually didn't learn how to drive until actually after I moved back from Vancouver the first time. So I was about 21, and then I was like, okay, time to learn to drive. And it's because I was um, in a really bad car accident when I was 16, which explains a lot of my memory issues and also why I'm a charming little goldfish. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I was really afraid of being in cars for a long time because I was injured in a car accident, and then I learned... And my first car was a 2009 Ford Focus. Nice. She was white with a beige interior. I didn't want either of those things, but I was bullied into them. And I named her Micah after Micah from Warehouse 13, spelled M-Y-K-A, and I got bubble letters and I stuck them to the dash that said Micah. I love that. And now my sister's best friend drives that car. Nice. Very cool. We kept it in the family. Actually, yeah. I had it, then my cousin Jillian drove it. Oh, that car? Yeah, that's my car. Yeah. (laughs) And Jillian would drive with one arm out the window, blasting rap music as loud as possible around Vancouver. So I always knew where she was. With violent road rage. Oh, the worst road. She would have the, her window undone and just yell at people, I'll kill you! I've wrecked my own cars before, and I was have never been more terrified in a car than I was with your cousin. <laughs> yeah, she's like... <laughs> <laughs> Get wrecked, Jillian. No, um, so don't. <laughs> <laughs> so she actually moved to Vancouver with that car. So I actually was reunited with that car for a year when we lived together. Yeah. And then it went back to Edmonton and it's with my sister's best friend now. Nice. And my name is Samantha Coley. I'm a 28-year-old television critic. You can find my words at Telltale TV. I like over 40s ODPs and making playlists. I'm on Twitter at Sam Casey's where you can find me yelling about television and fangirling middle-aged actresses. Uh, that my... one's true now more than ever. It's so true. Yeah. <laughs> I did not have any car-related trauma as a youth, so... I'm so happy for you. uh, Until I caused my own. (laughs) I'm Um, less happy for you. Yeah. Uh, So I got my learner's permit when I was 15, I got my license when I was 16, I got a car when I was 16. Um, Oh, what? 
Yeah. <laughs> okay. I think I got a car when I was... I think I was only 16 when I got it. Honestly, my my pop bought my mama Fiat yeah, no. when she was 16. No, a I lot was, of dumb choices. I was 16. Then. I drove yeah. it to, I drove it when I was in high school. Yeah. So, yeah. My first car was an Isuzu Rodeo, uh, which they don't make anymore. I've never even heard of that. What year? I think it was 2001, but... What brand? I couldn't tell you. Isuzu Rodeo is a Japanese brand. Cool. Yeah. Or a Japanese manufacturer. And uh, it was an SUV, so it was super cool. I love SUVs, and I don't ever want to drive a car again. I had a Honda Civic for uh, a brief time, and I needed it, but I didn't love it. It sat so close to the ground, and I wanted to die. This is a gay-ass car. But yeah, I had an Isuzu Radio. I just looked it up. It was blue. It was... It, it looked almost exactly like my high school boyfriend's car, which was not a rodeo, but a Ford. But they looked yeah, almost Yeah, this ident- looks like an old Ford Explorer. They looked identical, and we parked next to each other. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> and then one day, several years into having this car, I smashed it into a tree on a very rainy day. <laughs> and, and that's uh, when you learned about hydro And that was the end of my car. Yeah. Can I tell also an anecdote? I, hydropl- I hydroplaned in my Honda Civic as well, and it filled with water because I landed in a ditch full of water. I actually do recall that Sam, sun- Sam sunk her car. Yeah. I recall that. That one survived the crash, though. Yeah. Okay, the what is your anecdote? Not. Just when I hear the word hydroplaning, I'm brought back to when I was getting my learner's permit. Oh, mm-hmm. it's always the hydroplaning question. That was my last question. Yeah. You know? So I failed my learner's test the first <gasps> time, uh, and you know me, and so I, yeah. was, I was then refused to go back for several months mm-hmm. and had to be, like, bribed or something to go and try again. Luckily, I passed my actual driver's test on the first time. Sure. Um, which, like, felt like it would be worse to, yeah, yeah. to fail that one. I failed mm-hmm. my first one. Yeah. It was horrifying. But the second time I went, like, my, it was so hard for me to go back there. Well, because you as a person, that would just destroy your yeah. ego. And so, you know, you get a certain amount of skips and you get a certain amount of, like, questions you can get wrong or whatever. Mm-hmm. So... I used my last skip, and it was, like, the last question that I either could or could not get wrong. Like, it was this question. This was the question for my learner's license. And it was about hydroplaning. And I used context clues and said, <laughs> I'm going to use the, I'm going to choose the answer about water. <laughs> and then I got it right. That was genius. I know how the English language works. I said, hmm. They basically like give you the damn answer in the name. Yeah. It's so, ugh. So whenever I hear about hydroplaning, I just like, I'm brought back to that moment and I'm like, I understand etymology. (laughs) (laughs) I will now pass this test. Yeah. Yeah. I failed my first one. Mm. It was uh, humiliating. Yeah. Yeah. But then my second one was a MILF. My tester was a MILF. So it was worth it. (sighs) Yes. And I complimented her glasses and she loved me. Yeah. And, good. like, I'm not even that good a driver, but she let me get away. She should not have given me my license. Yeah. Have you seen me drive? Yes. <laughs> okay, I've never been in an accident, though, knock on wood. You've never been in an accident where you were driving. Yeah, when someone else hit me, that was kind of their fault. Yeah. I wasn't even in, I was in the back seat. Yeah. 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 You've done But it. I've never been in an accident Absolutely. of my own volition. Yeah. I've, yeah. Hit, I've hit random stationary objects that I could clearly see, but I've never hit a person or a car. Yeah. <laughs> Man, pre, like... 18-year-old Sam, terrible driver. Me now, pretty good driver. Yeah, not a bad driver. 
I am less scared in the car when you're driving than when Brittany's driving, <laughs> and I think Brittany uh, no, understands I understand. that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I understand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, to maintain that, I will not tell you about all the things I did as a 16, 17-year-old. Okay. Oh, yeah, you don't want to hear those. Okay. Yeah. Today we have word to say about episode 512 of Riverdale, Citizen Lodge. Or should we say Citizen Luna? <laughs> Ooh, good point. Um, so, Citizen Kane is a 1941 American drama film produced and directed by Orson Welles. The picture was Welles' first feature film, and it's considered by many critics and experts to be the greatest film ever made. Men. As we said <laughs> in the end of last episode, we all think that Legally Blonde is better. It's true, I do. <laughs> exactly. But that's with the uh, benefit of time and... Yes. Cultural changes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, what it's about? Um, when a reporter is assigned to decipher newspaper magnate Charles Foster Kane's dying words, his investigation gradually reveals the fascinating portrait of a complex man who rose from obscurity to staggering heights. Makes sense for the sure. episode. Mm-hmm. Though Kane's friend and colleague Jebediah Leland and his mistress Susan Alexander shed fragments of light on Kane's life, the reporter fears he may never penetrate the mystery of the elusive man's final word. Rosebud. So, first of all, perfect title uh, for the episode. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely perfect. I feel like they were waiting on this one, to be honest. That's how they good it is. They had to have been, yeah. Like, someone, some writer thought of that one in the shower and said, oh, eventually we're gonna use this. Yeah, someone watched Citizen Kane on break and they were like, oh, wait a this is it. Wait a damn second. We are gonna steal every <laughs> part of this. And I was thinking, man, sometime in this episode they gotta say the word rosebud, and they got it off the bat. They right. said, well, we'll get that over with for you. We're gonna do it. They said, we don't know how to make it make sense in just the actual show, so we'll have Jughead narrated at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Um, got a little bit more thoughts from listeners. I love um, those. Yes. First of all, Brittany. Uh, what? First of all, this is from at Blanket Juice on Instagram. Hello, again. Blanket Juice. Um, she's also in our Discord server. And so um, she came into the Discord to tell us why she is called Blanket Juice because you asked. I really want to know. Yes. So she says that it is named after her sleep paralysis demon. I don't know if that means that, that her... Sleep paralysis demon is named Blanket Juice, or if her sleep paralysis demon is just blanket with uh, some juice on it, because that's also a fear of mine. Or a blanket made of juice. I am begging you to write a creepypasta about this, because, like, I'm so intrigued. I want to know so much more. So, she brought up uh, why Jughead named himself Henry in the Jughead storyline. Okay. She said, I think Jughead saying his name was Henry in the last episode was a was a reference to Indiana Jones, because in the movies, <gasps> Henry Jones. Henry right. Jones. Yes, yes, yes. And yeah. she also said they're also both named after their dads. So true. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, so thank you. At Blanket Juice. <laughs> appreciate you. <laughs> Deeply appreciate you. Um, so that is our thoughts from listeners. Um, and now we're going to go into Tudor Boot. We talked a little bit about this last episode, but if you need a refresher, uh, Toot or Boot, it comes from a whole thing. You should know by now. If this is your first episode with us, you'll, Why? you'll get, yeah, you'll, you'll get it eventually. <laughs> Just Google Toot and Boot and Drag Race. You'll get your answer. Yeah. Basically, Toot is good, Boot is bad. There's some stuff on either side of that. And we'll explain. And we'll if explain. we, yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, Brittany. Uh, I'm gonna give it a two. Yeah. Uh, I, it was a really good episode. I didn't love all of the messaging, but overall yeah. it was well done, well paced, and very well acted. Yeah. Same. Mm-hmm. Exact same. Two. I enjoyed myself. I'm gonna go ahead. And I saw Alice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead. I, I wish that I had a list of all of the, like, all of the things that I've given to each of the things, you know, each of the episodes. Yeah. I wish, like, I knew which ones wish I had given really shoots track to. track of it. Yeah. But I'm, I want to give this episode a shoot, uh, which is the 
thing that is above toot. Um, it's like the best one you can give because I love a flashback. Of course. I thought it was really compelling the whole time. It's true. It was yeah. interesting the entire time. And I love, first of all, especially a flashback to Parentdale. Um, I thought that Michael Consuelos did a really, really awesome job. And I basically just kind of want to put it up there in, like, where, like, up in the ranks of all the other ones I've given shoots So to. basically the Midnight Club. Midnight Club, and I know I've given shoots to other episodes, but I just don't know. I just know for a fact that Midnight Club was, was, was number one. one. And that is still number one, by mm-hmm. the way, just to be clear. I would say that it's probably, like, Do you the- think you gave The Great Escape a shoot? Um, that's a good question. Or maybe Prisoners? I might have done. The one that I'm thinking of is potentially the Ice Storm, because that's the Mm. one where F.P. and Alice kissed a bunch. Yes, yes, yes. Um, but I can't recall 100%. Either way, I want to put this up in the ranks with the shoots. Um, Whichever one is the one where Alice pulled the gun on What's-His-Face wearing a full... Evil Knievel costume going mm-hmm. to space. That's the beginning of season four. Yeah. In retrospect, that scene alone is a shoot. Yeah. Yeah. Specifically that scene. Just, sure. Yeah. So this episode is kind of impossible to talk about unless you do it chronologically. Um, and so we just split it into three parts. And Sam did the summary for the first third of the episode. Wahoo. 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 We open with Jughead voicing over Hiram's origin story and how he came to be. He claims that all gangsters are heroes of their own stories. So how did Hiram come to be, and why does he hate Riverdale so much? <laughs> also, why are sweet little himbos like Reggie so drawn to him? Q, uh, <laughs> Q, because, like, Archie's also a himbo. Yeah, it's like a, also him, it's a himbo to a flame. Yeah. Cue a, re- a montage of Hiram and Reggie getting ready for the day. Reggie leaves work early to run an errand, a.k.a. go see Hiram. And Hiram speaks to someone on the phone about finding finding somebody, and it's it's very important that it be certain who this is, and um, Hiram says it's very personal and he'll take care of it tonight. Reggie comes in and gives Hiram the money that for his father's debt, saying that this makes them square. Hiram asks what it means for their arrangement, though, and Reggie's like, I'd like to keep working for you, but he wants an, a raise, basically, because he's got really, really good ideas, and I believe him. I love that. Hiram says that he'll find him a primo position, but only if Reggie can get him a ghost gun. <laughs> Reggie's like, no problem, I'll do it after I'm done with my work with my other dad. Yeah, it's, oh not, it's not as cool as you think. <laughs> At Mantle Motors, Marty flops on a sail and Reggie secures it. <laughs> <laughs> flop era! Marty's it, in his flop era! It kills me inside that he's like, I'm gonna completely mess this up. And then later he's just like, well, I was gonna I was do gonna it, gonna finish it. <laughs> I'm like, okay, that's literal? Okay, boomer. Yeah. <laughs> But Reggie secures it by telling the Mark that this is the car his son will get laid in one day. Yeah. Okay. He's like, well, I definitely want my son to have sex. Uh, I better get this car. Like, what? (laughs) Reggie's dad is, like, super embarrassed that Reggie stepped in and spoke for him the way he did. He gets angry with Reggie, but Reggie calls him out on how he used to beat him, and he says he's not afraid of him anymore, and Marty brushes it off as long as they, saying that as long as they can pay Hiram, then that's fine. Reggie tells his dad that he already paid Hiram off, and Marty thinks that that means he doesn't have to work for Hiram anymore, and now they can be partners. Reggie says, that's your dream, dad. My dream is to go work for Hiram, who just (laughs) abuses me in a different way. Oh my god. Someone help my son. (laughs) Marty goes to see Hiram and asks him to let Reggie go and to leave him alone. Hiram says Reggie's an adult who can make his own choices and that he's proud of Reggie. Uh, They don't end the meeting on good terms. Reggie gets Hiram a gun and Hiram tells him about his dad coming and making wild demands. 
He tells him that if he's going to work for him, he better get his house in order. Reggie talks to his dad and tells him that he doesn't get to speak for him anymore, and Marty says that he's ashamed of him. Reggie then has a really good speech about how even after every awful thing that Marty did to him, he stayed, but not anymore. He says that Hiram's made a big, uh, wonderful life for himself without ever having to hit his family. I'm like, well... <laughs> Uh, Hiram asks how it went, and Reggie says he doesn't have a father anymore. Woof. Hiram says that that reminds him of his own father. Enter a flashback. Yay! We go to New York in 1988 and see Hiram watching his father shine shoes. The patron, uh, that he is serving forgot his wallet, but luckily he has a fancy little piece of palladium in his pocket. Woo! Apparently it's more valuable than gold, and it'll fetch him over $100 just for this tiny little piece. This guy says there are the whole unmined veins of it upstate in Riverdale. In the present, Hiram tells Reggie about the hope of a better life luring them to Riverdale. His dad got a job in the Palladium Mines, but one day they collapsed, and he survived, but the mines didn't, and they never found any Palladium. Hiram's dad decided that they would stay in Riverdale anyway, and his mom got a job at Pops, and he and his dad went back to Shining Shoes. He talks about how his father seemed sadder after the mine collapsed, and but they ended up growing their shoe shine business until Hiram was doing just as many shoes as his father. One day, he gets a real big tip from this Tony Soprano-looking dude, uh, <laughs> and his dad is like, uh, don't take gangster blood money, okay? <laughs> the next day at school, Hiram asks Hermione out, and she shoots him down. She says that her mom doesn't want her dating a poor person, and he's like, isn't your mom also poor? Um, basically, she just wants better for her, and Hiram's like, well, I'm gonna not be poor anymore. Yeah. Uh, he goes over to the spaghetti restaurant and is like, hey, I'll take that gangster job. He wants money and respect. Hey, I'll take that gangster job that was advertised in the paper. <laughs> Vito tells him it's not, uh, it's fear, not respect, and that he says, fine, I want that too. Uh, Vito asks if his father knows that he's here, and Hiram says no. Vito likes his gumption, and he tells him he's got a delivery to make. Hiram makes the delivery, and the guy asks him, asks his name and then makes some racist assumptions about it. Hiram tells Vito about it, and Vito's like, as an Italian, I can relate. <laughs> Jesus Christ. This guy uh, you met up with is a clown, so don't take it personally. You kept your cool, and that's all that matters. Vito says he'll keep paying if Hiram can keep making deliveries, and uh, that's that on that. Yeah. So in Jughead's... <laughs> narration of the beginning he said he names a bunch of famous gangsters and we just get this montage of Hiram working out mm-hmm. um, I mean sure I just love that the uh the director of this episode was like I'm going to do some very good and important work but first this is my first I don't know who the director was but in my mind it's like this is my first opportunity to work on Riverdale you know what I'm gonna do what I want to see I'm gonna get Mark Consuelos to take his clothes off yeah. and do and a do a push-up you and you know what I'm the director I respect that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I get it. He's he's a very attractive dude. Uh, yeah. He's very handsome. Yeah. So, thanks so much to Cole Sprouse for showing up in the audio booth uh, <laughs> this episode, and then in one scene. That's but. how he pays to stay at the Fairmont Pacific Rim. Right. <laughs> uh, every day, I'm like, huh? <laughs> and, like, the executive suite, too. It's something yeah. like $20,000 a night. How are you doing this? I don't know how that's possible. I don't know how it's sustainable, but that's where he lives. Like, you're just on a CW show, and, like, yeah, you're top build, but, like, 20, it's, like, oh, it's just so much. Um, <laughs> also, we're not outing where he lives. He literally said it in yeah, he had an video interview. with Vogue. It yeah. was deeply unhinged. You know what? Do you think that, like, back those few years ago when we saw Cole on the street when we were on our way to Michael's with our friend Claire, that he already lived at the Fairmont? No. No? No. I was gonna say, he was walking that direction. Oh! When we saw him. 
Like, I mean, he was still pretty far away, so he could be going, he could have been going anywhere. I mean, he would be going anywhere when yeah. you're walking down, like, what, Robson and... What? No, it was... It was, uh... No, we were on, um... Berard. Yeah. Regardless. Yeah. Basically, Berard is the center of downtown, which yeah. is where everyone lives, so... Yeah, so he could have been anywhere. Yeah. And then he immediately says Rosebud in the narration, so thank you so much, we got that over with. Yeah. Hiram looks at his fancy shoes for a moment. There was a lot in this episode, and and they don't often do this, but there was a lot in this episode where, like, upon second watch, I'm like, wow, I got some more context for this. Yeah, someone someone put care into making this episode. There were several times. You can't claim that about a lot of Riverdale episodes. Yeah. So Hiram takes a look at his really fancy shoes before he puts them on, and that, of course, is meaningful. Who wrote mm-hmm. this episode? So there you go. Do we know who wrote this episode? Uh, we definitely could look it up. Okay. Jughead also says that both Hiram and Reggie collect lost souls, so I'm not exactly sure what he means by that. But Reggie is at the car dealership getting the cars nice, and he we see him in the montage reading the Mighty Crusaders comic book. Um, All right. Which I'm going to pretend, I don't know anything about the Mighty Crusaders, but I assume that they're heroes, so sure. that makes me think that maybe Reggie is working Reggie's towards being the hero. hero. I also noticed that Hiram also has like a bug-like looking brooch, kind of like Cheryl. I don't know exactly what it was, but it looked kind of also like a spider. Yeah. Ooh. Um, Reggie goes to talk to Marty, and there's another actual record scratch. <laughs> Every time they do those, I say thank you. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, yeah, it's so good. So Marty, once again, is always trying to control Reggie, and he's <sighs> like, I need you there for the for the McFarlane sale. And I'm like, Marty thinks so highly of himself, you know? Like, he's like, oh, I was going to do it, Reggie. I'm a, I'm a salesman, whatever. But then when... Reg, it seems like maybe Reggie won't be there for the sale. He's like, oh, you need to be back by 10 because or whatever. Because Mar- Marty knows. Stuff to do. It's like, oh, so you you do rely on him. Yeah, he knows mm-hmm. in the back of his mind that Reggie's a better salesman than him. Oh, he's, okay, so the, here's the episodes that Brian Patterson wrote who. That sounds very familiar. I think he's one of the main guys. Uh, He wrote Lynchian. Okay. Tangerine. Oh, yeah. Citizen Lodge. Mm-hmm. The Lost Weekend. Ooh, first FP and Alice. Uh, the Blackboard Jungle. Ah. The Hills Have Eyes. Nice. Lodge Lodge. <laughs> the Stranger. Okay. And yeah, he- Jawbreaker. Nice. Yeah, he's one of the main guys for sure. Yeah, cool. he's mostly a story editor. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the episodes that he does actually are pretty, pretty good. Tight episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so Hiram is on the phone, um, and obviously that also means more on second, uh, second watch. He's like, oh, are you sure it's him? And we now know that it's him talking to Hermosa about Vito. Um, and he's like, it's really important that it's him. And I'm like, yeah, cause you know, you never commit murder. You don't want to just, yeah, you wouldn't want to just accidentally kill somebody. (laughs) Oops. So Reggie shows up, gives Hiram back his money. He's completely paid off, but he still wants to work. For him, he just doesn't want Marty to be a factor anymore. Where did Reggie get this money? I don't know. Uh, like, originally, my first thought was that maybe he got it from Veronica because he was helping Veronica, like, maybe part of the yeah. old sale. But Veronica is also in debt, and so she also needs that money, you know? I just was like, if you had the ability to pay him off the entire time, like, what did you do on the side? I think maybe he was just, like, saving up extra because he just all he wants is just to be free of Marty. He yeah. wants to keep doing this. He just doesn't want Marty to be a part of it. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. Yeah. He basically just wants to be there for his own merits. And Hiram's like, yes, that's fine, but one more favor, I need a gun. And he's like, okay, I'll get that done for you, but I'm going to do my last shift at the lot. So I guess he's like straight up doesn't want to work for Marty anymore. Like his transaction with him is over and he does not, like he's going to quit. I I respect that because you can tell that 
His dad is so yeah. stubborn. Mm-hmm. I'm like, but but your two weeks, Reggie. You gotta give your two weeks. <laughs> no, just leave with no warning. Yeah. Be mysterious about it. So they're selling to the McFarlands, who are just a father and son. And Marty, for some reason, like, insults him, basically. And it's is like, so weird. Are you gonna yeah. cheap out on your son, Sam? And Sam is not into it. Yeah. Sam's like, uh, cool. I'm gonna We're go. out of here. Yeah. And so he and his son, Sean, are leaving. And I was like, the fact that you gave their names makes me feel like either they're going to be important later, or, like, I looked up Sam McFarlane and Sean McFarlane, and I couldn't find anything. So, either they're going to be important later, but we got their both of their full names. I think it's just a sales tactic yeah. to use their name and make it feel personal. It is. It's supposed yeah. to feel personal. Well, it's just that, like, even, like, the dad was like, come on, Sean. Like, you know, it's like, it felt like we were getting their names for some reason. Fair I don't enough. know why. Yeah. My next note is, Marty, you suck at this. Reggie takes over. He talked about his first car, which was a 1970s Chevelle named Bella. Um, we were watching oh, last night. Mm-hmm. He was like... What was your first car? Mine was a blah, blah, blah talking. And I was like, ah, yes, Bella. And he was like, yes, I named it Bella. And I was like, I remember. (laughs) (laughs) I knew that. And Sam's first car was a was a 84 Challenger named Red Ruby. Um, and I'm like, yes, these are words I know. Sure, sure. Just tell me what the name of it is. That's all it, I know. It, it's a Dodge Challenger. Yeah. So he's like, oh, he could pick up his prom date. He could go to college. He could have sex in this car. And the dad's like, you know what? <laughs> Excellent. I, I super I, want my son to get laid. Yeah, the yeah. kid's like, I want to get laid in this car. He's like, I'm going to f*** in this car. And I'm like, <laughs> that's illegal. <laughs> And so later, they sell the car, and Marty's like, ah, I was gonna do it. No, you weren't. You were watching Marty him walk is such away. such a weenie bitch. You were watching him walk away. What are you talking about? This is why, at the end of the episode, when he's like, I want a second chance, I'm like, you sucked this morning. Yeah. Like, yeah. You were an asshole this Today. morning. Today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what, you just sat at your desk for 10 hours and then cry- and cried about it and decided you're gonna turn over a new leaf after a billion years? Uh, I don't think so, After Marty. beating your you child guys- for several years, now this is what changes your mind? I want you guys to know the physical comedy of Robin doing that. You sat at your desk for 10 hours, she checked her wrist. Yeah, I'm not wearing a watch. <laughs> so Marty's like yelling at him and Reggie's like, are you gonna hit me again? Try. I'm a big kid now, and you and I will sock you back, basically. <laughs> and I'm like, that's the same size man as high school, but you know what? I get it. Sure, he's yeah. a grown up now. And Marty says it's the sale that matters, and just like basically walks off. And it's like, okay, what? but he got the sale, so, so it's not the we... sale that matters. It's Marty's ego. Yeah. Yep. So he's like, well, make sure you set aside some of that money for Hiram. And he's like, no, no, it's done. It's no more. I finished it. And Marty's like, oh my god, now you don't have to work for him anymore. And Reggie's like, oh, I want to. It's actually one of my passions. Yeah. And he's like, well, were we going to be partners in this? How are you going to be partners when you won't even let him effectively do the thing that you want him to do, which is sell cars? He's like, that's your dream, dad. Which, like, thank you so much because that is, like, just, like, the best Trope. It's the best line. And they said it out loud. It was great. Uh, and I said it before they did, yeah. which was even better. I did too. then it happened and I was like, fantastic. Mm-hmm. My thing is that Reggie or Marty is like, well, what about our, our dream to be partners? I'm like, you don't even seem to like your son. Yeah. yeah Why is that like, even your dream? Well, I think because men of a certain era like legacies. Yeah, mm-hmm. they do. So like his legacy is... Oh, it's going to be like mantle and son. Which is shown through Hiram this episode yep. is that he wants to continue um, what his dad started. But they all have funny and abusive ways of showing it. Because yeah. lest we forget that Hiram, like Hermione literally said Hiram's abusive. Yeah. Yeah. So she did. Uh, so Reggie says that his future is with Hiram and Marty goes to Hiram, asks him to leave Reggie alone. And he's like, well, he wants to hang out with me. And Marty's like, well, he's stupid. 
Remember when Fred did this for Archie? Yeah. Hiram's like, I think you just don't, like, get him. I mean, I just don't think you understand him. Like, I would be proud of him. He's kind of right. Yeah. And so Marty's, like, about to threaten him, and he's like, um, how about you don't do that? Because, like, odds are one of us has a gun, and odds are it's not yeah. you. I love thinking about how the these two men played G&G together, um, <laughs> like, actively. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not even talking about, like, when they all came in together as a group. Like, no, I'm like talking about, like, those two were together, like, beforehand. Exactly. Like, they were, like, close. Um, and that's why later, when, like, they have that huge... And they, like, willingly started playing together, not yeah. via, like, detention together. Yeah. You mean back when Hiram was indeed a 16-year-old nerd? Yeah. It's exactly. so true. Exactly. <laughs> but, like, even after they have that huge altercation later, or, like later in the episode um they still like two years later i guess are like yeah we'll we'll, we'll play a role-playing game together for sure sure why not <laughs> i um, think that someone kind of forgot about the midnight club and remembered the midnight club at the same time yeah. but forgot to look at the continuity mm-hmm. for sure which of course no one in, on riverdale is gonna look at riverdale continuity. yeah <laughs> so reggie gets the gun like he said he was going to hiram tells reggie about what happened with marty and he's like go get that sorted um and then tonight i'm a i'm a weave you a tale i'm gonna tell you a story um, so Reggie goes back, he yells at Marty, and Marty says that he's ashamed of him. Wait, Marty Ooh. says that? Yeah. And basically Reggie's like, nothing I do is ever good enough for you. Mm-hmm. Don't take your crappy life out on me. And after everything you've ever done, I stayed, but I am not doing this anymore. Again, I this loved- is why I don't buy the end. Mm-hmm. I loved that speech a lot. And then the end was like, no. Okay. <laughs> Forgive your abusers because they're all you have. And I'm like, no. Well, get get more things then. Yeah. <laughs> Get a new dad. The things that don't hurt you. Find a new family. Gay people do it all the time. Mm-hmm. Gay people can do hard things. And Reggie is a gay people. <laughs> <laughs> we are we are adopting him. Yeah. yeah. So Reggie basically says, Hiram is really successful. And as far as I know, he never hit his family. I love the as far as I know. Or whatever. Like, like, that's like I can't funny. remember if we've seen him hit Hermione, but I, he has the Hermione? energy of someone who's yeah. hit Hermione. Yeah. I I don't think we ever did get confirmation that he actually hit her. Like, there's he, also... There's also, Hiram is the kind of abuser who knows that hitting his wife is beneath him. Yeah. And. Or thinks hitting her is beneath him. He thinks that hitting her is beneath him and that um, his tactics are much more highbrow and Mm -hmm. like sophisticated. Psychological torture. Of of, like, he's, he's a man of high class, so. He's not going to have to resort to hitting his wife to have her under his control. You know what I mean? Yep. I'm just trying to remember that scene when Hermione told Veronica that Hiram was abusive and if she, like, had a bruise or something. Like, I can't remember if that was what happened or if she was just Mm. saying that he was, like, super emotionally abusive, super, super toxic. From what I remember, it was that he was basically a toxic emotional abuser. Okay, great. I just, I want Reggie to be right about this. I just, like, the thing that, like, kind of blows my mind is, like, psychological abuse can have even worse consequences, Mm -hmm. you know? Absolutely. Basically, yeah, my next note is, yeah, he was abusive in other ways. Exactly. Yeah. Um, And so Reggie, later talking to Hiram, says he doesn't have a father anymore. And so Hiram's like, let me tell you a story, Reggie. We head to New York City in 1988. So I have a whole lot of thoughts on this timeline that I will go through. Okay. Um, But first of all, this is just a few years before Midnight Club, which was early 90s. Mm -hmm. So Mark is here, and he is playing Hiram's father, Javier, with this mustache, and he's very good. It's amazing. Yeah. I love seeing him as a different character. He's this this father, who we've seen him as a father before, but he's this father that, like, truly cares about his family and is, like, actually trying his best and is just, like, a, 
a poor man who's who wants what's best for his family. Yeah. And it's it's amazing. He's great. It's a better oh, yeah. look at Mark Consuelos, the dude. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then we have Michael Consuelos back, who is playing Hiram, but uh, before he went as Hiram, he went by Jaime. Jaime. And um, we that that's canon from a couple the past couple seasons mm-hmm. that he's said that you know when veronica was going by luna and stuff for mm-hmm. the purposes of this podcast we're just going to continue to call him hiram the whole time so, i think yeah that's yeah. his reclaimed name as well just so. to make it more cohesive yeah. i think but michael consuelos is doing such a good job first of all he looks just like his dad yes he does so like and they sound and they sound they have the exactly. same day i at some point i was like okay but is this dubbing like, yeah is like mark do like this? i couldn't it was again bright outside when we were watching, and mm-hmm. so we had to squint. So there were multiple times when I was like, "Which one of you is that?" Yeah, <laughs> they're just—that's a very uh, strong and talented family. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's like I know that there's some Kelly Rip in there, but all I see is Mark. He—he—he <laughs> he, he took Mark's jeans and ran with them. Yeah. For a second, I w- couldn't tell who the actress was that was playing his mother. Yes, and like she just looked vaguely blonde, and I was like. Did they, they get Kelly? Did they get Kelly? Oh, that would have been cute! Um, I wish they had, because yeah. I would have been like, oh. Yeah. So Javier is a shoe shiner, and this dude whose shoe he's shining gives him palladium instead of money. That piece would be more than $100. So I actually looked this up because this bugged me. Okay. Some people actually, like, you're not supposed to have palladium near you mm. like that because mm. it can cause sickness right. over time. I mean, some people have had, like, contact stuff. So I was like, why is that man holding that... Precious actual mercury. Metal. Yeah, yeah, like literally. Yeah. I was like, this is okay. Yeah. It would have been cool if he had it in a little jar. In a little like vial. Yeah. yeah. 1988 though, and they don't care about health. <laughs> yeah. Radiation? I've never heard of it. You know, there's a lot of people who don't care about health just today. Oh, oh God. Well. <laughs> so yeah, there's lots of it in mind in Riverdale. Riverdale is north of New York City. I don't know if we, do we know that already? Yes. We did. Yes, okay. we did. So Javier moves his family to Riverdale. Mines of Palladium, he was working in there, but they collapsed, so he couldn't do it anymore, and the mines are shut down. So, and either way, they didn't get any Palladium. Do you think those are the same mines from Sabrina? Uh, maybe. Because they're not that far, right? Yeah, were those, but I don't, were those mines They might have been coal mines, but like... Yeah. Okay, interesting. That would be interesting. I had some questions. Okay, so here is the thing. Uh, Hiram's mom is named Lourdes, and I think that we knew that already because we've seen her come in as Veronica's grandma before. Uh-huh. Oh, right. Um, she recently, this is the woman that slapped Hiram across the face, I think, last season. Oh, yeah, so yeah, 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 yeah. So much. However, we saw Hermosa's name in the credits, um, Michelle Parada, and so I, we ended up only hearing her voice, but, like, mm. for the entire episode, I assumed that Michelle Parada was playing Lourdes, was playing, yeah. it's her grandmother as well, you And know? also, yeah. again, remember, we couldn't see the screen, because yeah. when we watch, it's, like, 5.30 our time, and the sun is setting. Next week I have to work, though, so I get to watch it at, like, 9 p.m. Scorsese. So, We'll be able to see the TV! Yeah. And so the whole episode, I thought that it was Michelle Prada. And we, uh, we were so impressed because we were like, oh my gosh, she's nearly unrecognizable. Like, I can't even tell that it's her. It's because it wasn't. Yeah, it just absolutely was yeah, not that It was person. just something. Um, <laughs> but h- how cool would that have been? Because they kept bringing back other people to play, like, yeah, their parents. It would have been, stuff. like, full circle. Yeah. That would have been really cool. Yeah. yeah. I wonder if, like, since they only got her voice, maybe she was busy and she just recorded that elsewhere or something like that. 
Probably. And it could be that they probably hired a Canadian actor instead so that they didn't have to bring the American right. up. Yeah, COVID protocols. Yeah. So Lourdes goes to work at Pops, um, and she gives... Okay, here's my first problem with the timeline. I'm sorry. I know. So she works at Pops, and she brings food to Fred, Alice, Hermione, and FP, who were like, haha, get it, they're the core four, they're the original core four. Um, but they, before the Midnight Club and before they got that <laughs> um, detention to become the Midnight Club, they weren't friends. They did not speak. They um, did Well, FP and Alice sure did. FP and Alice they hung also- out. <laughs> FP and Alice hung out. Fred and FP hung out. But Hermione kind of like kept to herself as far as I understand. Yeah, like I, yeah, like when they met up in the bathroom, it was not a no. pleasant conversation like that we, they were having with Alice. I would buy FP, Fred, and Alice all hanging out mm-hmm. together. For sure. They're all like it's it's chill. It's a vibe. I get it. Agree. They yes. they know each other before de- detention. Yeah. Hermione's just sitting there like, well, I'm here too. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So uh, that was a little weird. <laughs> like Hermione is I think the most sympathetic of the girls in the bathroom when yeah. Alice finds out she's pregnant. So, but then she does get mean, of course. Well, yeah. Yeah. So we have Hiram and his father shining shoes outside. I honestly love that their family can all work at the same place. Like all three of them are there at Pops, which I mm-hmm. think is sweet. Um, it's only $5 for you to get your shoes shined. Um, and this dude is like a total Karen about it. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, well, it's still scuffed. And he's like, okay, well, I did my best, which is customer service for your shoes are scuffed, buckaroo. Exactly. Deal with They're it. They're still scuffed. Well, then do better with your shoes. Well, then Why you have I- scuffed shoes. Yeah. <laughs> like maybe you shouldn't like kick rocks. I don't know. Stop Asshole. doing weird shit with your scoot. Scoot. Your scoot. So, um, Hiram shows up and, like, tries to stand up for his dad. Like, be like, um, give us money. Um, and, you know, he's like, just stop it. It's fine. It's just one. It's okay. And Hiram's narration mentions that, like, he felt like after the mines and everything, his dad was, like, sadder and, like, more defeated now. Which is really sad to, like, see your parents Mm -hmm. become that, you know? It's also interesting to see, like, Hiram's sort of temper that's attributed to, like, teenage sort of, you know... Yeah. Ready to fight at any time. Hiram never loses that instinct. No. Yeah. Like, he very much holds on to a lot of teenage sensibilities. And I think that makes sense, especially after this episode, though, because, like, he fell into the same sort of circle that he's in today Mm -hmm. in, in his teenage years. And then faced a trauma of, like, losing his dad. Yeah. And um, never emotionally matured. Which is, like, a person he genuinely did care about Mm -hmm. and then just never moved past that. Yep. I... Not, you know, unlike our Archie, who's a good boy. I just, like, and, and I know this is jumping ahead a little bit, but when, like, he has that fight with his dad, and then his dad goes to Vito, and then his dad gets murdered. I'm like, did you guys have a conversation in between those two things? Or did no. you tell him yeah. that it was embarrassing to be his son, and that was the last thing you ever that's, I think No, that's, that's part, the tragedy of it. Yeah, yeah, I think that's part of the, the problem. Yeah. So, speaking of Vito, <laughs> um, Hiram is shining. <laughs> I'm gonna Vito Vito. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, is shining his shoes and he gives him like this huge tip and he's like if you need extra work hit me up and Javier says ah don't do that and you know what if he just listened to his father yeah then who would he be today who knows probably not an asshole probably yeah and maybe not married to Hermione who seems very drawn to things (laughs) she's drawn to toxic power Mm. 
So he goes to ask out Hermione again because apparently he asks her a lot, but it turns out that she says that her mom says that his status is too low and he's like, uh, okay, your mom is a hotel housekeeper and you know what? If he wasn't going to say it, I was. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. also, um, I thought that that was going to go way worse than it did. Mm-hmm. I thought he was going to be like, well, your mom's a housekeeper and she'd be like, how dare you? You know, but instead she was like, I know. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. And she's like, yeah, I know. Like, sorry, I'm just listening to my mom. But I still, I think you're cute, though. So at least there's that, right? I Like, I would date you if I could. But. He's like, I can't date the idea of you thinking I'm cute, but thank you. But thanks. <laughs> um, also, yeah. hotel housekeepers have really hard jobs. Yeah, for sure. Oh, like, like a lot. oh my God, the stuff that they see, they should be paid double whatever they get. It's like half the time when people die in hotels, they're like, found by the they're housekeeper. They're found by the housekeeper. Could not be me. Oh. Could not be me. Yeah. So because Hermione said that his status was too low, he goes to Vito to up his status, I guess. Um, he says he wants money and respect, and he's like, well, I have fear. And he's like, mm, well, I'll I want that, that. Like, that's fine, whatever, as long as I get money and respect. I want people to fear how much they love me. Yeah. Michael Scott. <laughs> he's like, does your dad know? No. And it's clear that this place is right by the train tracks, and so they just kind of, like, always wait for the train to pass. And I was like, is this supposed to mean that it's just, like, uh, kind of a low-life sort of place because it's, like, right by the train tracks? Like, is that what they're trying to say? Oh, I thought the implication was, like, later that no one heard the gunshots. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I think that's what that was setting up. That was was the whole thing. Yeah. Okay. And also, like, it creates a mood. Yeah. You know, it's, like, that kind of flavor of, like, 80s, like, mafia. Yeah. The good stuff. Right. The Um, Sopranos, if you will. mm -hmm. (laughs) So he's like, go do a delivery for me. So he goes, the dude is racist to him thinking that he is going to steal part of the money that he gives to him. And Hiram gets back and he's like, hey, I did it, but that guy was racist. (laughs) (laughs) That's literally what happened. Literally. And Vito's like, yeah, Louis, that's Louis. He's a a clown. Don't take it personally. I'm like, somebody needs to stand up to Louis so he doesn't keep doing this. Someone needs to go call Louis a piece of shit for being racist. We can't just say Louis's a clown and and go and- (laughs) He's like, ah, that's Louis for ya. He's like, that's the price of doing business. And I'm like, then don't do business with Louis. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And hieroglyphically like, okay, well, it was mean and it makes me mad. (laughs) I've made me feel sad and bad. um, And I don't like it. and, And like, I understand that they're trying to make a comment on like, how Italians, and like Dave brought this up in our uh, Discord, was that how, uh, you know, how Italians were treated in the 80s. But at the end of the day, it, it's not the same thing. And for the for the writers of now to equate those two things in 2021, it's just so odd to me. Mm. You know? Mm-hmm. But he's like, you kept your cool, though. You didn't yell at him, which is good. Um, and it's easy money. And so he just gives him some of the money. And you know what? I'm like, you know what, Louis? Take that. Louis's like, hey, all of this is for Vito. And Vito's like, here, some of this is for you, Hiram. You know? <laughs> for you, Louis. And he says that he's making more money in a week than he would if he was shining shoes for two months. So oh, that that's is big money. That's a raise, I would say. And he's like... Whoever said money couldn't buy happiness was a sucker. And I I must agree. Uh, Maybe money doesn't buy happiness, but it sure does buy things that bring me happiness, you know? I think money buys happiness. Yeah. Like, we have this discussion at least, like, once a month in our house because I truly believe that people who said money don't buy happiness are people who were already rich but couldn't find a way for their money to make them happy. And I'm like, if you don't understand that money buys job security and life security, I don't know what to tell you. Money buys me peace of mind. Money buys me peace of mind, and peace of mind makes me happy. Having money allows me to not worry all the time about, like, where my next meal and rent are going to come from. And, like... 
having money and like having my mind like having so much money that I wouldn't have to work uh, would free up my life in a way that I can literally do whatever I want and those things that I'm going to do are what makes me happy. Yes. So therefore, money brings me happiness. Yeah. Like, the having money allows you to do the things that make you happy. Exactly. So that is the first third, um, and I did the summary for the second third. So Javier asks Hiram what he's been up to because he's got lots of fancy stuff now. Hiram tells him that he's been working for Vito, which Javier doesn't seem pumped about. Hiram goes to school and asks Hermione out again. She's about to turn him down, but then she sees his snazzy new look and says that he can take her to Pops (laughs) that evening. (laughs) At Pops, they discuss their parents, his new job, moving away from Riverdale, just as it's getting started, two police officers show up and arrest Hiram for being a drug trafficker. Oh, Yikes. no. He doesn't tell the police anything. Hermione goes to Vito to tell him what's up, and Vito posts his bail. He gets promoted for not being a snitch and also gets a fancy new car. He and Hermione continue their date the next night. Hiram tells Hermione that he wants to change his name, and they brainstorm until they get to Hiram Lodge. <laughs> Another day, Hiram tells the teacher his new name during attendance. Marty makes fun of him from the back of the room, and Hiram beats him up about it after class. <laughs> After school, his father yells at him about it. He's so disappointed in him. Hiram ends up telling Javier that it's embarrassing to be his son. Javier goes to Vito and demands that he leave Hiram alone or he'll call the cops on him. Unfortunately, that was the wrong move because Javier gets shot and killed in a drive-by. The next day, as far as I can tell. Yeah. At his funeral, Hermione's mother comes to pay her condolences, and Hiram reveals that he knows what she's been saying to her daughter. Alice, Hermione, and Penelope discuss what happened as well. Lastly, Vito shows his face here and basically says, hey, whenever you want to work again, hit me up. Uh, Too soon, dude. Too soon. Way too soon. Also, what the heck? You're the one that had him killed. Don't come here. He's, it's staking his claim. Yeah. Yeah. But it's terrible. I I don't want to see your freaking face. Get out of here, man. Get out of here. So... First of all, in this third, um, Javier's asking him, like, well, oh, I haven't seen you shining shoes recently. And he's like, yeah, I got that job with that guy that you told me not to do. <laughs> um, and he's like, look at my fancy shoes now that you can shine. <laughs> and also he's got confidence. So he's like, I'm so good looking at school now. So he goes to ask out Hermione again. He's got she, new duds, too. Exactly. And she's like, oh, crap, you look great now. And I'm like, you look like a man from the 70s. And <laughs> she's like... I thought you were cute before, but now you also have a thing, so I'm now willing to go against my mother for you. Wait, but that's, like, so Hermione-y, mm-hmm. though. Like, it is it perfectly in character. Yeah, well, that's the thing, is that later she's just like, Hiram, you literally got arrested on our last date. I am not going out with you again. And he's like, I have a car. And she's like, interesting, you know? Like, you can see her, even though she's supposed to be, like, little church girl right now. Um, she's like, like mm-hmm. I like she's, stuff. She's like, I like things. Mm-hmm. I like stuff. Yeah. I like boys. And I'm like, I like things and stuff not boys but I like things and stuff (laughs) so she's like oh crap you look great now so we can go to pops tonight I just also really quickly Mm want to compliment the costume department on that leather jacket oh absolutely the sheer width of that collar (laughs) (laughs) chef's kiss incredible my next note was how much Michael sounds exactly like Mark, which we discussed before. So he's like, order whatever you want. I have so much money. And she's like, how'd you get this money? And he's like, I work for Vito now. And she's like, the gangster? And he's like, yeah, maybe. <laughs> and so they start relating to each other about their hardworking parents. And he's like, he's not a gangster. He's a businessman. And he'll be my ticket out of Riverdale. Um, that's when young Pop comes over. And I just wanted to say, I love you, young Pop. I am thrilled. Would love to keep seeing young Pop in flashbacks. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I want someone, Hiram, to pay for young Pop's therapy. Yeah. (laughs) You know? So he's like, whatever you want, buy it. (laughs) She's like, (laughs) she chooses. 
a hamburger with a side of onion rings. And he's like, I'll have the same thing, but also a chocolate shake with two straws. And I'm like, ooh, but you're not quite distracting me from the fact that she ordered a hamburger with a side of onion rings. First of all, no cheese? How <laughs> are you? Yeah, ham- like, uh, if you're lactose intolerant, you're excused from this conversation. Yeah. But <laughs> hamburger versus cheeseburger, you always uh-huh. go for cheese. And a side of onion rings on a date. Instead of oh, yeah. french fries. Hermione, like, come Joe. on. Burp city, bitch. Yeah, <laughs> terrible. At least, at least they'll both have onion ring breath. Maybe that's... Yeah, kids each other out. Maybe seeing him order onion rings was like, well, I'm going to go ahead and do it too, and then we, it tastes the same. Mm-mm. She's the one who chose Wait, onion rings. she started with the onion rings? Yes, he's like, order right. whatever you want. She says, I want a hamburger with a side of onion rings, and he says, uh, I'll have the same thing, and then also add a shake on. She chose that. Hermione! Maybe, maybe she had pocket mints. Maybe she did. But, like, even maybe then. So. Yeah. We are deeply analyzing onion rings tonight. <laughs> this is the kind of quality content you can expect from the Riverdale pod. Yeah, so true. Uh, yeah, I love how on our Lost podcast we're like, well, what are the philosophical meanings of that? Uh, and what? Are, and we'll listen to this moral gray area. And then in here we're just like, why did you order onion rings? Sticky breath! <laughs> <laughs> we contain multitudes here. <laughs> Um, and so he talks about how he wants to go back to New York and live in a penthouse. And she's like, oh my god, I also want to go to New York? Oh, wow. Um, and then he immediately gets arrested for helping Vito. The police totally know what's up. What's that? You know what? Mm. I've never been arrested on one of our dates. Me either. I'm doing better than her and watch. Great. Same. But the police know everything and they're like, just tell us stuff. And he looks down and they have pictures of him and Louis. Um, so Louis, you're on thin ice again, pal. Louis, way to go. Um, and he refuses to give up any info. So Hermione goes to Vito to tell him what happened. I'm sorry, ladies, and tell me if you find this to be relatable. Okay. I was out here shipping Hiram and Hermione this episode. Yeah. Which I never Feels asked bad. For. Yeah. That's the thing is, like, at the end when it's, like, he's clearly, like, still longing for, like, this relationship that he used to have with Hermione and, and Veronica, and I'm just like, am I rooting for this? Exactly. I can't tell. Like, it made me have a feeling. Yeah. But then my logic brain kicked in, and I was like, better not. You I- know what the feeling was? Mm. It was refreshing to see Cammie have uh, chemistry with her um, partner. Well, uh, Charles? Mm-hmm. No, uh, like talking with about- the person she's playing across from. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I was like, are we talking about the gossip that we talked about last episode? No! no, no, no. She definitely has chemistry with Reggie. Yeah. Uh, we're saying it's refreshing to see her playing not across from KJ. Yeah. It's almost like... Cammie has chemistry with everyone, but she and KJ just don't really have it. I just think that KJ has chemistry with everyone else. Yeah. Like, everyone else. And, like, <laughs> yeah. he and Cammie are clearly, like, yeah. friends. Yeah, yeah. But they don't have any romantic chemistry. I think it's because they're such good friends yeah. in real life that, like, it, you're like, that looks like you're kissing your brother. And maybe they did have chemistry at first, but now, like we said last episode, it's just so old news that it's, it's like... It's fizzled right it's out. It's fizzled out. Yeah. But I was like, maybe I only ship Hiram and Hermione, like, in the past or whatever, but then that last final scene where he was, like, hoping for his relationship back, I was like, what do I do here? I (laughs) fell for it for five seconds before remembering who Hiram is. I was like, are you gonna be better, though? I think they're both miserable people now, and I don't really care for either of them. Good point. So, because Hermione went to Vito, Hiram's bail gets posted, and so he's, like, basically good to go. And he goes to talk to Vito, he says that he didn't talk to them, he didn't call anyone, especially his family, because they would be super ashamed of him. Um, and now he's in. He's like, you protected me, you protected my business, you're in. Yeah. And he says he's proud of him. Which That's is how mafia movies work, dude. It's what he's looking for. You, you, you protect the family. Mm-hmm. 
So he says he's going to give him a promotion. He's going to do collection instead of delivery. And he's like, because you don't want to tell your family, that means that you're worried about other people think of you again, and you need to worry about yourself. Yeah. That's number one. I don't know how I feel about this advice. Because part of me wants to be like, well, if your family has opinions about things, at least, like, listen to those and consider that they're hoping for what's best for you. You know what I mean? It's... If, if you trust your family and you know that they are not abusive, mm-hmm. don't just disregard what they say because of teenage rebellion. Yeah. Like, think, think like, take their opinions into consideration, at least. Because, like, I knew when I was a teenager, my mom told me something, I would be like, that's stupid. But the back of my head was screaming, that's not stupid. That's actually good advice. Yeah. So you'd have to, like, go and process it. But mm-hmm. you know, yeah. you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially when the stakes are so high, you know? Yeah. And so he's like, hey, you should marry her Hermione because uh, she had your back. I wish that Hiram at the end had like shown up to Vito and been like, I also, I married that girl you told me to marry. <laughs> yeah, be amazing. He's like, I did blow it though. Uh, I did blow it. I- I'm, I'm working on it though. Vito's just like, thanks for the hot relationship <laughs> updates. Yeah. I'm dead now. <laughs> now my death has occurred. Uh, <laughs> So he's like, oh, I can't marry Hermione. I totally blew it. And he's like, no, I don't think so. Because she came and tried to help you. Um, Also, here's a fancy new car. And so he goes to Hermione. He says, should we finish our date tonight? I have a fancy car. And yeah, like we were just talking about, Hermione's always kind of, always really been motivated by like pretty expensive things. Yep. She, she's distracted by shiny things, and yeah. uh, it's fine. So like, I'm not going to pretend I don't relate to that. <laughs> <laughs> because she knows that money can buy happiness. So he says that he wants to change his name, and he's thinking Hiram. I, we, we explain how he gets the last name, but we don't explain how he got Hiram and where he got Hiram from. I think because it sounds like Jaime. Yeah. yeah, it's close to what he is already named, yeah. but it, it, it sounds more intense. Right. Um, and he says he's going to go with Lot. As his last name. Oh, that was um, mm, not good. And he's like, because I don't have a lot. And I'm like, uh, Hiram wanted to name himself after a pun? I think it's kind of cute. I did not see that coming. It, uh... That's kind of our flavor, though. Yeah. And she's like, uh, how about something bigger, like Lodge? She's like, how about not that? Yeah. I love that Hermione basically got to pick her own last name, though. <gasps> right? really cool. Like, like, there's no way she wasn't, like, running through her head thinking, Hermione Lot. No. Hermione Lot. Yes! Yes. <laughs> and so they kiss. Oh, Romantic! Ooh. Aww. So, at school, Hiram tells the teacher his new name, and she's like, uh, is that legal? And he's like, yep. It's on its way. We get to see Fred. God, is KJ good at being Luke? KJ uh, is very, like, he really so good excels. at it. And so Marty laughs at him from the back, and Hiram beats him up in the motor garage. Okay, so literally when this happened, all of us went, I hope he beats him up. I hope he beats him yeah. up. Cut to Marty getting the shit beaten out of him. I was about to say, while we were watching, I was like, someone punch Marty this episode. Please. Yeah, I'm begging. And, it and then it happened, and I was like, wow, my dreams. My yeah. dreams are coming true. So I said thank you. I tr- we've been given the indication at the beginning of this episode that Hiram is going to kill somebody. Yeah. And I wanted it to be Marty, honestly. Right. I can't stand that guy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, my next note, I can't believe they actively played G&G together after this. After he full-on assaulted him. Yeah. You know? By um, their own volition again. What? Yeah. Did, you know what? I'm not going to try and connect the dots. Yeah. It's Riverdale. It's Riverdale. These things don't make sense. Let's just move on. So he goes home. Javier heard about the fight, and he is disappointed in him. He's like, how dare you forsake our name for vanity? Right. He says you're getting away, get, getting rid of the Luna name for vanity. I mean. He's not wrong. Yeah. He's not wrong. And especially because Luna's a beautiful last name. Yeah. And so he's like, I know where you're getting this money. And the way you're getting it is dishonest and frankly criminal. Again, not Again. disagreeing. Not wrong. Yeah. And Hiram's like, I'm trying to 
provide for this family because you can't. Oh, that has to hurt, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like, not only is it true, but you gotta hear it from your own son. Yeah. However, I did want to say that, like, not only are Mark and Michael doing such a good job here, but it's, like, so cool. Because before when we got to see him, he was playing Hiram, and Javier wasn't around. And so it was just, uh, just like Michael, we just seeing yeah, Michael yeah, as yeah. Hiram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They didn't play off mm-hmm. each other. But it's really cool to get to see them work together as father and son, and the fact that they're both doing, like, so well, too. Because, like, when Michael showed up in Midnight Club, I was like, if this kid isn't very good, I will be okay with it, because they chose him because he looks just like his dad yeah. and that's okay if he's not good at acting you and know? then he was and then so in midnight club we kind of got a taste of it and i was like yeah he's doing a pretty good job and then in this episode i was like this is why they gave him an episode yeah like, it's because he was good this kid is genuinely good yeah so he says that he's bringing shame to the family and he's like well luckily i don't have your last name anymore so you don't have to worry about that Oof, that one hurt too. He says, I don't want to shine shoes for all of these men who just look down upon me, Mm -hmm. which is what's happening to you. You can't buy mom a dishwasher and you can't buy yourself shoes. Like you literally can't do anything. It's It's horrible. It's It's, really sad. It's like, it's brutal. The thing that bothers me about this though, is that Hiram's like, you can't do this, you can't do that. And yet he's buying himself all these fancy new digs. And I'm like, so are you buying your father new shoes? Are you buying mom dishwasher? Because you're saying, uh, uh, Mm -hmm. I'm doing this because you can't. Well, are you doing it? That's actually a really good point. Or are you just keeping the money? Yeah. I don't know. That's That's a really good point. These are questions I need answers. So he says being your son is embarrassing. And like I said, I'm pretty sure this is like straight up the last conversation they have, which. Oh, it hurts my heart so much. So Javier goes to Vito and asks for Hiram to be left alone. Um, cause he's very impressionable and this is, that's the nice way of saying exactly what ha- happened with Marty and Reggie. Like the parallels are very, very clear. Like they're impressionable yeah. or yeah. that. Yeah. Well, Marty was like, he's stupid. He doesn't know anything, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You're yeah, doing yeah, yeah, this yeah. Because you're taking advantage of him cause he's dumb. Right. Mm-hmm. And instead Javier goes there and is just like, he's impressionable. He's new, you know, and he's so just like, please. Like he's a good kid. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, don't you want your son to be successful? And he, you know, Javier's kind of like, not like this, to be honest. I, I want my son to be successful. I don't want him to be a criminal. Yeah. Yeah. And so he's like, I'm sorry, I'm actually not asking you, I'm telling you. I was hoping that you would just do it, but I um, now have to threaten you. Um, which is what Marty almost did, but Hiram was like, uh-uh. No, no, don't no. Don't do that or else I'm gonna have to get you get you murdered in front of Pops. Okay, yeah. so like, I know that I keep mentioning it, but I, the parallels. but I don't remember it. Fred definitely did this for Archie, right? I seem to remember something similar to this. Do you remember the outcome? Because I don't. No. Okay. I don't remember. Well, if you guys remember, let me know. Because, listen, this, there's too much in this show. I can't the, go through it. Well, it's not only is there's too much in this show, because we're, we're like, in the back 80s of the episodes. Oh, God. But also, there has been so much back and forth with Archie and Hiram that I can't possibly I can't remember, remember I can't keep track of it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I remember them having a blood pact once. Like, <laughs> I don't oh know. Oh my God, I forgot about the blood pact? <laughs> yeah. This show is stupid. I love it. So he's like, what are you going to do if I don't? What are you going to do? And he's like, I'm going to call the police and tell them everything. And so he's like, okay, I'll think about it. <laughs> Maybe. So Hiram in the present is talking about how his father really believed in like human nature and like the good of humans. But unfortunately he was wrong. And so in the morning they're like setting up shop and young pop is there and he's saying, hello, Hiram and Hiram or no, <laughs> that's not Hiram. Javier. He's like, uh, hello. Um, and Javier says that he really feels like today is going to be a good day. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, are you sure my guy? Like, I wonder where you're getting these vibes from. <laughs> like, 
my thought was like, is he feeling like Vito's actually going to do it? And so it's a good day because his son is going to be set free or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think it's that he thought he solved a problem. And also, he seems like the kind of guy who starts every day like that. Yeah. Like, every day is oh, going to be a good day. Oh, what if he said day. that every day? Exactly. Pop's like, yeah, Pop looks at him like, okay, buddy. <laughs> Same sure. thing I hear every day. So then, people drive up, he gets shot, and I, the fact that Pop was a witness, was like the only witness to this. Again, therapy for Pop. Pop has been through so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also completely destroys his shoe stand. It has bullet holes all over the place. That, I think that's the heartbreaking part is not only does it kill him, it kills his legacy. Yeah. Because Hiram's never going to go back to that. Oh. And the shoe, the shoe stand will never be the same. Like it'll, someone will end up doing it again, but it's just like the physical destruction and the physical representation of everything that he represented, which was good. Yeah. So he goes to the coroner and show, the coroner shows the body to Hiram and he's like, yeah, that's my dad. Like he has to be the one to um, identify him. Dr. Colonel Senior, question mark? I was just going to say, Robin, what do you think about the coroner? I assume it's Dr. Colonel Senior. I assume. Thank you. So at the funeral, Hiram and his mom, Lourdes, are there, and Marisol Nichols shows up, and she is playing Apollonia, who is Hermione's mom. Mm -hmm. Apollonia is an amazing name. Yeah. We have already gotten confirmation that Apollonia is Hermione's middle name, and so I love the fact that that means that she gave her daughter her own name as a middle name, and I can't I can't help but respect that. Yeah, yeah. same. When she's like, when you have a beautiful name like Apollonia, you gotta give you it don't to wait, yeah, yeah, you, you gotta don't pass that down. Yeah. You don't name your child Brittany. Yeah. <laughs> you don't name your child Brittany. <laughs> <laughs> My mom had so many choices in our family, and she chose Britney. I love all the other Britneys who are listening are like, oh, I know, but hey. <laughs> all the other Britneys listening understand my pain because they all understand the awfulness of having a trendy 80s, 90s name. Mm-hmm. I certainly love hearing Hiram backstory, but at the same time, it does kind of bum me out that we didn't get the same thing for Fred. Yeah. You know? But, like, we straight up just didn't have Fred to come and, you know, do the narration because this is basically exactly what happened in Midnight Club. We had uh, Alice telling the story and Betty listening, right? Would it be like Mary telling the story? That would be That would have been a really good tribute episode because, Mm -hmm. you know, as much as I really like this and I love the idea of Mark working with his son and, like, they have amazing chemistry. Yeah. I'm just like... Or of even all like, the characters, or even just, or even uh, both Mary and Frank, like yeah. both telling stories about yeah. Fred, and then also like Hermione, and also mm-hmm. FP. Like, oh wait, <laughs> oh my god, I genuinely didn't do that on purpose, yeah. and now I'm sad. Like, I understand that this is probably the most interesting for the writers because it's the villain. Yeah, and it is interesting. It is, but yeah. So yeah, Apollonia approaches, and she says that you know his father really seemed like a warm and caring man and the fact that she is the word seemed which means that she never actually met him yeah she never met him but she sure did feel comfortable uh, judging judging him him based on Mm -hmm. his occupation yeah and so Hiram who has literally just gone through a tragedy and is completely ruined by this without showing it um is like yeah I'm gonna go ahead and meet my mother-in-law right now and call her ass out call her out yeah so he goes, well, yeah, he was great, even though he was just a lowly shoe shiner. And she's like, Ugh, uh, yeah, um, sorry, yeah, I did misjudge him, I guess. Listen, so. I have respect for both of these characters. Thank because, you for apologizing. Yeah, like, first of all, I have nothing but respect for Hiram for calling it out because you can't judge someone based on their job, especially people who work service and retail jobs. Yeah. They work harder than most people. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's just a fact. I'm currently working in... I mean, I work in a post office, which I have said previously right now. I'm working in the post office um, inside of a grocery store. 
So I'm working a grocery store. Mm -hmm. You know, people who work. But also, I contain multitudes. I have a podcast. You know, you sure do. I'm so freaking cool. I think just people who work in service and retail jobs are often pooped on by society. But I'm glad that our generations have a better understanding that if you work those jobs, you're not being treated well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because, like, Hiram feels comfortable calling that out, but I have to give Apollonia credit for saying, you know what, that was Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That was a genuine, like, remorseful thing. Yeah. She's like, I can't believe this is being brought up at his funeral. Ugh, I'm uncomfy. You (laughs) should have seen that coming, bitch. Mm -hmm. From the bottom of my heart. My bad. So then we get one of the most important scenes in the entire episode, obviously. Alice is here and she notices that Hiram is very calm about it. And Hermione says that she thinks that it's probably shock. It absolutely is. Um, And then Penelope's like, well, if you play with fire, you get murdered. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, you know what's unfortunate? Hermione's, or Penelope's kind of right. Yeah. And she's like, I know that uh, Hiram's a gangster. We are all putting it together here. Like, unfortunately, she was 100% right. Like because Hiram started messing around, there were consequences. Yep. Yep. And so Hermione said, well, he just wanted to make a better life for his family because he loves his family so much. Can you skanks say the same? And first Um, of all, they're like, no, uh, I don't care for my family. uh, Both of our families are abusive, so thanks so much for bringing it up. Yeah. And she (laughs) she calls them skanks, and then she walks away, and both of them are kind of just like, hey, that's fair. Uh... Yeah, and then they both just, like, turn around and, like, scurry off. It's very funny. Like, <laughs> one, it's grief talking. Two, Alice is just standing there? Yeah. She hasn't even done anything. Yeah. She's like... She just gets called a skank, and she's like, I'm just... What? I just it came here for bread. I'm gonna become a teen mom in, like, two years. But you don't know that! <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna sleep with FP, and we're going to have a beautiful love story. Oh, baby. Uh, we went Charles. so many different directions yeah. <laughs> Name's Charles, and then other things happen. But the point is, we are more in love, so... Anyway, if you want a story about uh, if Charles was a good guy, uh, read my fan fiction. Oh, and that's what we call a plug. <laughs> I've been writing, I've been writing the next chapter. What, what is this, what is this Amelia Earhart thing going on right now? <laughs> yeah, I sent an eyeball emoji to your tweet, and you never responded to me. Well, that's drag spoilers, drag her, drag her, if you'd like her. to talk oh, to me privately. Yeah, I was expecting a follow-up text. Oh, uh, well, we live in the same building, so... Yeah, uh, I was room. in the same building. Same building. I, I didn't know where you were. Each other. I didn't know where you were. I was in my room. Yes. I thought you were going to come to me. Follow-up text. I'm so sorry, Sam. <laughs> this is hysterical. This <laughs> is what happens. I tell, if I tell you, you have to actually do it. This is what happens when all I of us draw. live in the house. Just deeply stupid things happen <laughs> all the time. Context. I tweeted that I wrote a part in my fan fiction that I wished people would write would make fan art for, and that's what we're talking about. But Sam can't draw, so I don't know if I can tell her. <laughs> you now because you can't draw, you'll never know. You're not even yeah. allowed to read it. <laughs> I Freak would, you, Sam. Sam, I would love to see you do I like some shoddy chapter. I want to see you do like a shoddy drawing of like a be like, stick that's figure. <laughs> you know, I'd be like, that's more than I expected to be honest. That's actually not so bad. I'll yeah. allow it. <laughs> So then Hermione goes up to Hiram and goes to see him and she says she's here for them and they hug. And then it turns out Vito is also here to pay his respects. He's like, he'll be so missed. Shut up. Shut up, Vito. Go away. He was a good man. And yeah, you, you we know. That's why you like, shouldn't have killed him. Well, that's what I'm saying is that like he was a good man and you did this to him. Yeah. You're terrible. But this is like, it's so interesting to see this is where Hiram learned all of his lessons from. Right. Mm-hmm. Because, like, didn't he show up to a funeral he was not invited to? No, but I think <laughs> Brett and Ooh, Donna and Joan Brett did. Brett and Donna! Yeah. And so he's like, oh, he'll be so missed. And, like, Lourdes, his mom, is, like, not falling for this at all. She, like, gives him, like, a stank eye, which I appreciate. 
And he, like, grabs Hiram to talk to him. He, like, takes him away. And he's like, take your time, kid. But, like, let me know when you're ready to keep this going. Because, like, now no one's holding you back, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so ugly. Ooh, I hate Yikes. you. Oh, it's so ugly. I it's hate so you. Showing up there is so predatory because he's literally pouncing on him at his most emotionally vulnerable. Yep. Yep. And, like, I think that's so interesting because... It's a fundamental misunderstanding of human emotion mm. because it's in the pursuit of power. Yeah. Like a damn sociopath. Yeah, basically. But it's like Vito is so powerful and so far up there, he thinks he can get away with everything. And Hiram falls folly to like this exact same thing, right? Mm-hmm. Which is you kind of forget what people will do when they're pushed to their brink. Right. And so basically he's like, let me know if you or your mother need anything. Like if you guys need anything, I'm around, you know? Like, And I'm like, whatever, you trash monster. You're mm-hmm. the reason why we need stuff. Like you're the reason You're you're the reason for all of this. And you're like, yeah. uh, I'll just be a hero for you. I'm like, oh yeah, you will? I hate you. You won't be around for much longer, my friend. I think we've already said that, like, Vito... uh, Hiram straight up murders Vito at the end of this episode. And I just, like, I kind of wish... I know that he's, like, deeply, deeply old. Um, but I'm like, I find him to be such a compelling villain and and a a compelling enemy. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of wish we had had more of him, to be honest. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like that opinion. I agree with that. Yes, I will allow that opinion. Okay, thank you. Thank you. So that is the second third. Um, before we move on to the third third, um, we're going to talk a little bit about Patreon. What? So Patreon is a service in which you can donate to some of your favorite creators. Um, it's a monthly donation. And we actually have a Patreon, which is patreon.com slash theaffectionados. Uh, you can search that or you can just put it. Uh, with, there's a link in the description. Um, and we've got some really cool perks. Uh, at $1 a month, you get early access to all of our podcasts, um, like all of them. Uh, sometimes a week in advance. This one is a day in advance um, or two days if there's like on a hiatus and I have time to put it up later, then you get it earlier. At $2, you get access to our Discord server, which I've talked a little bit about already. Um, So we have been doing live watches on there, um, as well as uh, (laughs) I put the episode up on Patreon to go up like at 10 a.m. PST the next day. And uh, I just put the link in the Discord server. And then there were like three or four people who were just like listening to it earlier than even all of our Patreon sponsors. Special surprise. So just there were already our Patreon. Exactly. Pa- patrons. Yeah. But the fact that you're in there and you care that much, I appreciate you. And so I give it to you even earlier. Um, so check out our, our Discord server. $5 a month gives you 10% off at shoppylux.com, which is where me and Brittany sell some stuff. Um, Brittany sells uh, some resin art and some stickers and some enamel, enamel pins, pins, including a Snake Parents sticker of them kissing, which I'm going to put a link to in the description because it's cute. Thanks, buddy. No problem. And I sell embroideries. I have designs of the whole core four, both Shoney both snake parents and also Gladys and Fred, <laughs> um, if you'd like those. And then luckily, exciting for you, $10 a month uh, gets you access to our Patreon only podcast, which is called Okay Love You Hi. It comes out every two weeks. It's about 45 minutes long and we just kind of talk about whatever topics we want to. And uh, you also get access to all of the other things that I've already mentioned. So seems worth it to me. And uh, we hope that you check it out. If you can't help us out on Patreon, um, check out shoppylux.com. That's another way that you can help us out and get something cool. Uh, and if not, uh, recommend us to a friend. We'd really appreciate that. Um, even if that friend is you. Uh, if this is the only one that you listen to, check out some of our other ones. We'll talk about those in the outro. Um, and we appreciate you guys so much. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you. And thank you. Back at home, Hiram's mom asks him to be done with being a gangster. 
Hiram says he will, and by that he means he's going to go to Vito's place and murder all his friends in cold blood. In the present, Hiram explains that he didn't know why Vito wasn't there. Dumb luck, maybe. Vito eventually skipped town, and Hiram stepped in to become the town's new big man on campus. He's the new Vito now. He becomes the boss of Riverdale and has his shoes shined at the same place his father once owned outside Pops. He tells Reggie he learned what true happiness was after becoming a father to Ronnie. What's a Hermosa? Never heard of her. <laughs> Hermione asks for Hiram to make good on his promise and move them to New York for Ronnie's sake. So why did he come back? Palladium. His father was right. Hiram found a thin vein there, so he built a prison over it and had the prisoners dig it all up. It's dried up, though, so he needs to hit the Blossom Maple Groves to tap their vein of palladium. He has to succeed and finish what his father started. Reggie says he has everything he ever worked for, but Hiram disagrees. He asks Reggie to take him to a nursing home where Vito lives. Vito, who somehow hasn't aged a day, <laughs> listens to Hiram monologue about wanting to be feared by the- Ah! I love how they, they did not even try to old- like, to- to- age him up they literally were just like he's on a respirator that's how you know he's old yeah exactly i was like i was like they didn't even try yeah classic though mm -hmm. anyway um listens to hiram monologue about wanting to be feared to be the bad guy by bailey eilish on mp3 he asks if Vito is afraid of him um yeah he is he has a gun hiram kills Vito through a pillow for some reason while reggie drives him home hiram tells him that he doesn't need him anymore instead reggie needs to relish the time he has with his abusive dad since hiram didn't get to spend more time with his markedly far more awesome dad yeah reggie is out he goes back to the dealership and his dad tells him that he's ashamed for the way he treated reggie i don't know that morning i guess he wants a second chance, and Reggie gives it to him. Not my favorite lesson Riverdale has ever imparted to its impressionable young audience, but all right. At home, Hiram eats ice cream and watches Hermione and Veronica on Real Housewives. They talk about Hiram. Hermione points out that Hiram is never satisfied with what he has, so he'll never be happy. Ronnie agrees. She brings up Hiram's mysterious illness, and then he mutes the TV, so I guess I'll never know what his illness was, and it will haunt me. Anyway, Hermosa calls and tells him she cleaned up Vito. He's in the clear. Hiram's going to mine the palladium he can and then get back everything he's lost, namely Hermione and Ronnie, and not Hermosa, I guess. He already has her, I yeah. guess. Yeah. Yeah. I love Hermosa's just like, yeah, I'll be. I guess, like, she had said that he, like, helped out with her, like, dying mom or whatever, and so she he has her, like, a undying affection. Affection. Yeah. But, like, I guess meme, sort yeah. of, where yes. it was like, his, you can tell he loves Ronnie and. Veronica, or Ronnie and Hermione. Hermione way more. Yeah. Well, he has to work for it. Yeah. Hermosa's easy. He will never be satisfied. <laughs> Bitch, I wish he would. Mm -hmm. So Lourdes asks Hiram not to do this anymore. She's like, listen, I'm like so glad I still have you, but also I'm going to lose you too if you keep doing this. So like, please don't. Yeah, like, um, like no tea, no shade, but like he did die because of what you do. Yeah. And this is the woman that slapped Hiram in the face last season, I think. Good for her. So he goes to his place near the train tracks again. Uh, there's three guys there, but no Vito. And he's like, did he have my dad killed? And Hiram just goes and just kills all three of these guys. He took so long with that gun. I was like, did any of you, like, do anything? Like, try and, like, run or something? Like I, okay, so I have a theory. Okay. I had a theory when I was watching it, and I don't think it matched up, but I wonder if it's what they were trying to. Every time the train hits a track... I think he fires. Yeah. Yes. So, like, do you think he was trying to time the shots to when the train made the most noise? Probably. It and didn't work. Yeah, that makes sense to me. I think the thing is that I'm just confused about these men who just, like, watched him hold a gun. Oh, and, yeah, like, like, and no one, like, pulled a gun on him. And, like, he shoots one guy, and what, the two other guys are just like, guess I'll keep standing here, yeah, but maybe you they know? weren't armed. Sure, like, but also, you're like, a gangster, run. why wouldn't you be armed? But then well, run. One of, them did, one of them ran, because Hiram got him in the doorway. Yeah, it's just that, um, it feels like 
I could have, in that time, I probably could have gotten out of the room by then. Oh, yeah, I'd be out of five thousand. Yeah, oh, yeah. Hiram says he never learned why Vito wasn't there, uh, and then he, after killing three men in cold blood, um, he goes to Pops, gets some milkshakes, walks home, and then tells his mom that he's gonna put the milkshakes in the fridge. So these are the first people that Hiram's ever killed, yes? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Um, and then he was like, I have a taste for this. Yeah. I, I think mean, I'll do this forever. I also have a taste for milkshakes. I need to go get some immediately. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> and Imagine he's like- him walking into Pops, and Pops like, yeah. <laughs> what? Pop's sure. like, oh, I get it. One of that, one of those days in Riverdale. Yeah. It's like I just think it's funny that he comes home and he's like, I'll put the shakes in the fridge, and I'm like, drink them. And also, <laughs> since um, since when were you going out for milkshakes? Yeah. No, that's the thing is that he killed three men and then he went to Pops and then came back. Um, but like at no point did he tell his mom, I'll be back for shakes. No. I think that would have been awesome. Right. He's, he's like, like, hey he, mom. He's like, hey, I'm going for shakes. Do you want anything? And she gives him his flavor. Then he goes murder three people yeah. and then picks and then up. comes back. Yeah. He's, he's like, like, I had a, I had an alibi. Pop saw me. My mom knew I was going for milkshakes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Vito ran away, uh, probably because he knew that I was going to murder him also. And Hiram, we see still 16 year old Hiram goes to see Louie because he's the new Vito. And Louie's like, okay. Well, okay. He's so like 16. All of us, when this happened, were like, charge Louis more for being a racist. Yeah. Yeah. Louis you know? deserves it. Yeah. Like, if you're going to do this, get your goods. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was get like the biggest coin. deal. And get your yeah. respect. If, if Louis is going to stay in charge, charge him more. Yeah. Or replace Louis with someone who isn't racist. Right. So then we get a little time jump, and it, we're still in the past, but we're just, uh, we've time jumped forward a little bit. And Hiram, who is now played by Mark, is getting his shoes shined like 24 years ago. All right, I have to speak with you about this timeline again. Oh, oh, no. Why are you trying to make sense of a show that jumped seven years and is still in the same year that it was before it time jumped? So Veronica <laughs> Here we go. is about 24 years old now, sure. right? Because she was 18 when she graduated and it's been... Seven years, so she's like So 25. she's like 25. Sure. Okay. So I'm like, if it's 2021, that means Veronica was born in 97 or 96. She's baby. Sure. sure. So... Which is 10 years after what we're watching. Uh-huh. From them graduating high school. Uh-huh. Or from even being in high school. But Midnight Club was supposed to happen in the early 90s. Yeah. So why couldn't we have just aged up Michael a little bit instead of bringing in Mark? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he, if he's only supposed to be, like... Another seven years okay. older. Yeah. He, that he was in high school. Yeah, like, in the... Before this time jump, the parents were supposed to be, like, 50 years old, right? FP had his 50th anniversary... Or 50th anniversary of birth. Birthday. Ah! And so he's supposed to be, like, 57 now. Okay. So that means in 19, so we'll say Hiram is also 57, just because they all were in the same grade. Oh my god, that's so weird. They're almost 68. So that means he- Still sexy though! That means in 1988, which Uh is when the first one in New York City, he's like 15 years old. He's supposed to be 24. If he's supposed to be 57 now, in 2021, in 1988, he was supposed to be 24. Again, why are you trying to make sense of a time? Yeah, but- you trying to make sense of a time? Hermione, Veronica also graduated in Mm -hmm. 2021. Yeah. So, logically, it's 2028. Excuse me, Veronica graduated high school, got married, and skipped seven years, all in 2021. (laughs) Yeah. So, Archie served in the army. Mm -hmm. The army, all in seven years. Yeah. I just, like, but at least they're, like, showing these kids and they're saying they're 24. They're saying they're 25, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, like, I wonder if they are actively saying that the kids aged, but the parents didn't age. Roberto's gay. We can't do math. Yeah. Let's just yeah. leave it at I that. just have complaints. <laughs> 
So he's getting his shoes shined by this random kid, uh, and he gets like a moment of just kind of like importance, and I'm like, who are you? <laughs> I don't know you. Exactly. So he gets married to Hermione, he has Veronica. So when did Hermosa happen, is the question here. That's my question as well. Because like, 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 Hermosa's older. Yes, she. so Hermosa already happened. But yeah. he's like, he's like, oh, Hermosa. And he just leaves. I yeah. really became a parent when I had Ronnie. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, wh- I'm like, uh, okay. Like, how long were you gone for? And like, mm-hmm. what excuse did you give Hermione for going and having a second child in Florida? I can't perfectly remember what Hermosa's full story was, but I think it was like, he came here, he knocked up my mom, he left, he learned that I was here, then he came back and, like, helped us a little bit, and then when my mom died, he helped me some more or something, yeah. and so now I love Basically, him. he took care of her. Yeah. Financially. Yeah. And Hermosa was like, good enough. <laughs> um, so Hermione's like, hey, our dream was to move to New York, let's finally do it. And so he's like, oh, okay. And so back in the present, Reggie's like, well, damn, that sure is a story. <laughs> um, but then I ca- he says, I came back to Riverdale afterwards because I wanted to get the Palladium, you know? That mm-hmm. Palladium that my father was working so hard for. So they're telling us that this whole time, this whole time it's been about motivation. Palladium. Okay? No. You chased you Hermione <laughs> and Veronica back here. You moved after back. After you got out of prison. <laughs> you moved back because your family moved back because you got arrested again. <laughs> okay, but again, it's Riverdale. No one's gonna pay. Like, I like the explanation of so many of Hiram's motivations was like, I'm doing this for my father. Mm-hmm. The problem is that they gave him, gave us the explanation for his motivations in season five. Yeah, right. It took season five! Mm-hmm. So everything he did that was inexplicable to us up until now. At least he wasn't in season one. Oh, that That's was a good true. time. Yeah. <laughs> I got, love Mark Consuelos, but also He ate the show. God. Yeah. <laughs> so he's like, well, I did find a little bit of palladium and I built a jail over it, but, but it's not enough. So I need the ones that are in the maple groves as well. And Reggie's like, well, I tried to get those. Like, I tried to set them on fire and everything. And it's just not, it's just not happening. Also, like, witches stop me. I don't know. Are the prison, work, are the prisoners mining the palladium underneath the prison? That's what they said. Yeah, that's what they yeah. said. Okay. Yeah. Because last episode they were like, we want our palladium because we were the ones who mined okay. it. Yeah. So he's like, if I don't get this palladium, everything will be for nothing. Like, I'm doing this for my dad. And I'm like, I'm, I'm getting rich. For my dad. Like, like it's, it's I so guess. Renata. Yeah. I will not not be rich. Yeah. Ugh, mood. <laughs> yeah. I will not not be rich. So Reggie says that he really respects this story. Like, he came from nothing and now he's very successful. Um, and he's like, yeah, will you drive me to a nursing home to see Will <laughs> <laughs> you drive me to the nursing home so I can murder a man? And like I said, he's so old that he's on a respirator. And Hiram stops him from calling for help. Like, he's going to press a button to call for help, and Hiram just, like, stops him. He's like, no. I don't think so. He says that it took him years to find him, but Hermosa did, because Hermosa's, like, a PI, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I guess you could have just Googled it. I mean, everything's on the internet these days. Uh, I like that they're bringing back Hermosa... Like, even though we can't actually see her or anything, like, they, they remember what her, like, job is, and they're, like, bringing it back, which I Which like. is more than you can ask for from the show. Yeah. So he's like, I always wanted to be feared, and now you fear me. And so he puts the pillow over, and he has the silencer, so he kills him. I assume, like, not only does he need the silencer, but also the pillow, because there are... It's like a nursing home, so there are people in the other rooms, I guess. I'm just like, do you know what would have been much cleaner? Just using the pillow to suffocate him. Yeah. Like, my god! You had the pillow on his face. Robin turns to me and threatens me, as she always does when she's watching it, by saying, that's how Desdemono died in Othello, because she threatens to suffocate me quite often with a pillow. Desdemono. Desdemono. Um, (laughs) why didn't you just kill him that way? Like, 
Well, and then, knowing Hiram is a villain, you also get to, like, feel the life leave his body. Do you not want exactly. to? Exactly! The, the gun was not even cleaner. He's already so frail. It would not happen that but then why, take that long. But then why would he have made Reggie, Reggie get, the get the ghost gun in the first Just place? Just in case. It, the, the gun is entirely so that Reggie can be here. Right. It falls um, apart when you do it too close at it. It's it absolutely does. <laughs> it's messy up close. So then... Hiram is about to kill him, and he starts saying these things in Spanish. And I know very little Spanish, and it seemed like a really important line. And there were, like, a few things that I was like, okay, I kind of recognize some words yeah, here. Yeah, I tried. What in the world? I'm so mad at Riverdale for when they do this. Give me a subtitle. Yeah. Give me a subtitle. It's Put expensive. it in the episode. They always say, and, like, this is this is very common with uh, uh, subbing. Mm-hmm. They always say, um, speaks in Spanish. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, tell me what they're saying in Spanish. Well, like, I noticed on Netflix when I was watching today, it said speaks in Spanish. But on the TV when we were watching last night live, it said what he said in Spanish. But I so, was like, but I don't speak Spanish. I don't know Spanish. Okay, we grew up in Canada, which is, like, why we don't know Spanish. Yeah. Um, I took Spanish, but, um, again, goldfish brain from the car accident and ADHD. Yeah. I could um, probably parse some of it if, I was we went, say, if I went back and watched it right now, but, um, Anyone who speaks Spanish... Please let us know. Oh my god, I would love to know. I'm sure someone who's listening speaks Spanish and knows what he said. I just cannot believe that they had this incredibly climactic, important moment. Didn't translate it. And you didn't translate it? You didn't tell me what he said? Like, I'm pretty sure he used... Like, I know that, like, I don't know how to pronounce it because I am Canadian, but I don't know how to speak French. But, like, it's, like, mort. Like, I know that Voldemort means, like... Death. Like, mort means death or, like, more or whatever, right? Muerte. And so he, I'm pretty sure he said that word. Yeah. And so I know that... He was talking something about death. Yeah. But what? I don't know. You know? And yeah. it seemed, like, really poetic and beautiful, and I was like, but what is he saying? I cannot- And Mark <sighs> delivered it beautifully. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I cannot believe that I don't know what this says. Like, put it in into the episode. Like, that's- I feel like that's a Riverdale fail. Yeah. Less than, like, whoever is you dubbing, necessarily. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I- Riverdale had him speak Spanish. Mm-hmm. Riverdale knows that the majority of their audience is probably American. English-speaking. And, yeah. So- Riverdale should have explained what was being said mm-hmm. because, like, that was an intentional choice that they made. Like, they and they've ha- they've had them speak Spanish before yeah. and put subtitles on. Have they? I think. I know they speak Spanish a lot, but like, it's usually just for like throwaway lines. So it's yeah. like I don't know what they said, but it sounded nice. So and like, it's also it's also usually like Spanglish. Yeah. So it's like yeah. Uh, but this is the time that bothered me the most. I was like. A moment like this, I want to know what he said. Yeah. Like, you know, put it into the episode. You know, mm-hmm. edit it into the episode so that we can't, so that it doesn't matter who's dubbing it, who's subbing it, you know? Yeah. Like, it put also it bothers episode. me when people who are, like, subbing and dubbing, like, just say speak Spanish or yeah. whatever. It doesn't say. But, yeah. Yeah. I just, I wish I knew what he said. So, Hiram gets back in the car and says, hey, Reggie, like, thanks for being chill, but I am letting you go. And Reggie's like, what? Why? Reggie's like, I thought I was getting a raise. And he was like, because of the parallels, Reggie, the parallels. Hello, you listen to the story, you know. <laughs> and so Reggie's like, well, I want to hang out with you. And he's like, yeah, man, like, I've been there. I've been there, but I'm still letting you go because I wish that I had been let go, I guess is kind of what he's, he's saying. He's saying, I'm letting you go so that I don't kill your father one day and then you have to kill me in 20 years. So he basically is saying, like, if I could have gone back and spent time 
with my dad than I would have done. And so Reggie's like, okay, well, I needed to leave because my dad's abusive. And he's like, well, give him another chance or, you know, or don't. Like, Stupid. whatever. Just like, I wish I hadn't. And I'm like, but the difference is that your dad was like a good man who wanted the best for you. And Reggie's dad is a terrible abuser. He's like, a, who has shown no remorse up until this final scene of yeah. anything that he's ever done. Mm -hmm. What? Yeah. And so he's like, I'm just trying to help you, Reggie. And so Reggie's like, okay. So he goes back to his dad who's at the office and he's like, why aren't you at home? And Marty's like, I'm sorry. I'm ashamed. You're right. I've never been a good dad and I want to start being better. I'm like, cool. How long will this last for? Like, how did this change your mind? Like, really? Right. Like this now? Mm -hmm. and now so, that your debt's been paid? Yeah. Reggie's like, well, good timing because a few hours ago I would have told you to suck it and... <laughs> Suck it, dad. Yeah. But uh, Hiram told me to be nice to you, so I guess I will. <laughs> and I, so, so Sam had a really great point about this. Like, I I appreciate the, like, remorse um, from Marty and, like, him him seeming genuine about wanting to turn over a new leaf and, like, be a good dad and, like, stop being such a terrible, abusive piece of garbage. But we've already done the forgive your abuser plot line on Riverdale like more than once pretty much. Yeah I'm kind of worried like, about the Riverdale writers. Like we saw it most explicitly with FP and FP Senior. Yeah. And then we've also sort of seen it with Cheryl and Penelope. Oh sure. So I like I get it. I, I appreciate that it's not just going back to the person who's still gonna hit you again. But I wish that we had at least one example also of someone having the chance to go back to their abuser and then t straight up telling them no and like mm -hmm. cutting yeah. off ties and, and not like, taking that opportunity. and not taking that uh, that decision and even like, Hermione and Hiram she went back to him yeah I mean she did leave but by then she was such a garbage person it didn't even matter yeah so I wanted I wanted to see. Reggie, like, set that boundary for himself and then start his own life without being under the thumb of either abusive influence that's had, like, control of him most of his life. Mm -hmm. What he should have done is start his own dealership. Because, like, we, we should give people examples of leaving your abuser and that being great and good for you and okay mm -hmm. for you. So and, that like, it's going okay. well. So yeah. it's okay to not forgive. Yeah. And that's fine. Especially yeah. when your audience is full of teenagers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they, like, make no mistake, this gets pressed right into their brains. Mm -hmm. Like, fictional situations stick with you during your formative years. Mm -hmm. And, like, it's like, oh, well, he said he was sorry. I'm like... Yeah, he's like, are you serious about it? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, for how long? Exactly. exactly. If you're not putting in the work... And, like, I personally would never be able to forgive someone who hits me. I can't speak for everyone's journey. I can't speak for everyone's pasts. But if you don't even see someone putting in work at, and the writers don't even bother to be like, you know, he's actually been trying to change, mm -hmm. what's the point? Yeah. Like, he was today! Yeah. And it wasn't even just this morning. Like, it was this afternoon when you came to yell at him. Exactly. You know? He said he was ashamed of him four hours ago. Yeah. Um, and he's like, well, then you brought up me hitting you. Well, you never said that before? No, I, I guarantee he's mm -hmm. mentioned it before. Yeah. Also, it's a weak man who hits his children. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Weak, weak man. So Reggie's like, okay, well, if you really want to do this, you need to trust me more and you need to take me seriously because, listen, am I a himbo? Yes. But I also, I can do stuff. I'm competent, especially as a salesman. So Marty's like, fine. <laughs> and then they hug. And I'm like, okay. Sure. Would Whatever. love, but like we said, would love an example of not this as well. It's Riverdale. Moving on. Yeah. <laughs> 
So Hiram watches Real Housewives. <laughs> On, this is the most relatable thing Hiram's yeah. ever done. To so get true. a look at Hermione and Veronica. With Ken and Hi- Jerry's. Yeah. Hiram is in bed eating ice cream, watching trashy reality TV. Yeah. Okay, fine. You get one point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And apparently Dorinda called Riverdale a crime-infested hellhole. I mean, is Dorinda wrong? No. <laughs> and even Hermione is like, mm, I'm a little on team Dorinda, but I can't believe she said that to me. Yeah. Like, don't say it to my face. Say yeah. it behind my back. Mm-hmm. And so Veronica's like, hey, I'm not out here trying to, like, listen to your trash talk. I just wanted to show you my house because sometimes I'm on the show because I'm your daughter. Um, and I like to show off my house. I have a question. Mm-hmm. If, um... I mean, the Real Housewives is, like, a big thing. How is Riverdale not a tourist spot for Real Housewives fans? Right. And That's how, how they're going to save Riverdale. Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait. Money. I'm putting money on this. Okay. I Yeah, I love the idea that, like, I'm just, I'm also confused why people aren't just like, oh my god, are you Veronica Lodge from the Real Housewives? Right? <laughs> She's just sometimes yeah, you know on there's this a national show. Yeah. You know there's a teenager in her English class or her business class or whatever that she teaches that that's like, it's, mom? It is like yeah. oh my god, she's on TV. Can I get an autograph from your mom? Someone has an IG dedicated to this. Yeah. Like, can you tell me the hot goss? You know that she's been filmed did, for TikTok. Did Dorinda's husband 100%. really cheat on her? Yeah. <laughs> Aw, poor Dorinda. Uh, She can say whatever she wants. (laughs) So, uh, Veronica's basically like, can we not trash talk people? I'm trying to have a meal with you. And Hermione's like, well, it's reality TV, so I have to trash talk people. It's literally show business, Ronnie. Welcome to it. And Hiram's like laughing, too, because he's like, ha, classic Hermione, and like eating his ice cream. Um, I think he loves what an asshole she is. Yeah. Yeah. And then he, and then he's like, ooh, they're talking about me. I gotta put down me ice cream and turn it up. And she basically says he's never satisfied by what he has and he'll never be happy. And Veronica agrees. I think that's nail on the head. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Ouch. Hurts to hear. Hurts to hear, but has to be heard. When, like, you're just hearing it, like, they're not even saying it to you. Like, they're just, they're broadcasting it. Can you imagine live tweeting this and being like, oh. Oh, they just got him. He just got got. (laughs) And so they're like, oh, he should have retired seven years ago to, like, whatever island he was gonna go to. And then Veronica goes, was he ever really sick? I will never forgive them for this. And then he And then he mutes I will never forgive them. I know. I know those writers have to listen to this podcast. Well, you know how I know? Because I'm pissed. Because they have to know how how much we doubted that he was really sick. I think the thing is that I, it wasn't just us, and it was like a huge it was thing everybody. in the family. No, I know, but I'm making this about me. No, oh, but okay. like, and then they, they, they did this on purpose the same way that they knew that we hadn't seen FP and Alice kiss, mm. and then for the first like three times they kiss on screen, quotation marks, it's they almost kiss, and then we cut to Betty making a stupid face. Yeah, right. Like, it's a joke, and it's not funny anymore. I, I know they hate us. I know they do. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely, like, they definitely were like, haha, this was a fan theory that everyone was talking about. And they they don't know. They don't know if it was real or not. They don't know. They, have, they never decided. Yeah. And so this was, like, a little in-joke for us. And you know what? I appreciated it, because when it when it came on when we were watching live, I was thrilled. I was mad. I was so excited. <laughs> y'all, y'all, like... I was like, they know me. They care. I, the thing is, you know what? I'm not gonna go into it. Never mind. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm just pissed that they muted it after. <laughs> That's the, the, I that hate I'm these <laughs> So then he gets a call from Hermosa, and Hermosa says that she went to go clean it up, and she, like, wiped the it's cameras handled. and everything. I she don't Olivia care it. how much I love my dad. And I do love my dad. Okay. But I'm not out here going to... Clean up a crime clean scene. Clean up a crime scene. Oh, do that for a moment in a second. I just don't want to see a body. Oh, that's fair. Oh, yeah. 
I still do it. I've that's seen fair. one before, and it was just in a hospital. And I so don't I'm, know if I've ever seen a dead body. I'm not out here trying to... Yes, I definitely see Thestrals. But I'm not out here trying to, like, view a gory murder scene. I've seen dead bodies in open caskets at mm. funerals. That counts. I've never seen that. I saw my grandpa. Me too. But it was just, like, in the hospital. We were just... We were there when it happened. Dang. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I never would, saw I either would, of the grandparents on my dad's side die. Yeah. I would prefer not to see dead bodies. Mm-hmm. There's, yeah. there's a scene in the television show The Closer where Kara Sedgwick, she's like the main character, she finds one of her parents like dead and just starts screaming, mm-hmm. and that stuck with me for like ever. Yeah. Um, I would, I, I don't, I would it. not be able to handle seeing someone that I cared about. No. Mm-hmm. No. Even if it was just like a random person, though, like Vito is to Hermosa. Yeah, I, I'm not interested in doing that. I don't understand. Like, no matter what your dad did for your mom before she died or whatever, uh, you could I'm not like, catch me doing that. It Maybe would have had paid. to have been like really, really um, impressive. Yeah, what he did for you. Yeah, I will say, if my mom asked me to clean up a body, I would. But my mom would not mm-hmm. ask me to do that. <laughs> but when Fair. your dad is Hiram, you got to be prepared for these things. <laughs> <laughs> if my dad asked me to clean up a dead body, I'd be like, "There's going to be two in a minute." Yeah. <laughs> You're number two, Doug. <laughs> it's funny because his name is Doug. Yeah. <laughs> and so he's like, when I get all the palladium, I'm going to get all the other things that I've lost, which he's staring at the TV. So obviously he's like trying to get Hermione and Veronica back. I'm like, you're doing a really weird job of it. Though. Yeah. <laughs> I'm honestly like excited to see what he's going to do. Because now like I don't hardly ever know really what Hiram's actual goal is. I think Hiram's gonna die. Like, now I think that it's, like, Palladium or whatever, but, like, what he's- his goal of, like, getting Hermione and Veronica back is, like, compelling. I think yeah. it's, I think it's a futile goal that's going to end in his death. Yes, please tell me more about that. I just this whole episode felt like setting a character up to die. Yeah, it really you know? did. So it's like I think his arc this season is going to be becoming a villain, getting a redemption arc, mm-hmm. getting the forgiveness of Ronnie and Hermione, and then dying. Never thought Hiram would ever get a redemption arc, so I'm excited to see. Like, I know, if this is the start, they are it. doing well. Yeah, I'll watch it. Yeah, I think it. Uh, what this is mine. If if I could um come into your theory, sure, I'm, really please do. He is going to die mm-hmm. of that sickness. Stop. <gasps> this thing, and we'll never know what it is. He'll just die, and we'll never know if he was s- sick by that thing originally, or if the karma of pretending he was sick gave him that disease seven years. Plot later. twist: It's palladium poisoning. <gasps> Ooh. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. It's like Hiram dies of palladium poisoning, and everything is solved by Real Housewives. Mm-hmm. That's it. Nailed it. Great. So now we'll move into segments. Cool. <laughs> uh, my first segment is which character needs a hug the most. And I don't think I would ever was going to say this, uh, but if I was going to say it in any episode, now's the time. So I'm going to give it to Hiram. Baby Hiram. I baby get it. Hiram. Yeah, baby Hiram for sure. Yeah. At the funeral, Hiram. Yeah. yeah. Uh And my segment is which MILF was the most badass. Um, I don't want to give it to Hermione. Mm-hmm. You can give it to, uh, no, Apollonia wasn't You can give it to Lourdes. You can give it to Lourdes. I could give it to, I will. It goes to Lourdes. Mm-hmm. And uh, my segment is, did anyone mention FP? Ah! And the answer is no. no. But we sure did see that guy, played by Cole Sprouse, but we sure did mm-hmm. see that guy. When I tell you, I was a bone by having his arm around Alice. Like, throw me one bone. Oh, you know they were playing footsie under that table. Yeah. Throw me, <laughs> throw me I, a bone. I genuinely, like, without 
Because I don't know if I, 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 I think I was staring at, the first time we watched, I was staring at Hiram's mom so much, trying to figure out if she was Hermosa, mm-hmm. that I didn't notice who she was giving it to, and so I straight up thought we just didn't see FP the whole time. <laughs> and then when I saw it on Twitter, I was like, oh, wait, wait a second. And then I was like, are you guys even friends? Yeah. Fair enough. My other segment is, is Chick dead or what? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Oh my gosh, just say. Robin, I don't know if I've told you this, but... Okay, I'm not trying to bring up The Conjuring, but in The Conjuring 3, there <laughs> is a flashback scene to when Ed and Lorraine were kids, and I shit you not. They tell you if Chick is dead or not? <laughs> yes, how did you know? Well, that's the end of my segment. I got two episodes in. The kid looks like Chick. He has Young a similar Ed draw looks line. like Chick. I'm trying to... No, he has a, a similar smile, too. Like, they have the same face. Does he also love milk? The kid, no, the kid <laughs> playing uh, playing Ed looks far less haunted than than Hart Denton. Than Chip. <laughs> All right, that part's fair, I suppose. Like, I'm trying to find it. Hart Denton is slightly gaunt. Yeah, and this kid is at least like he makes it sturdy. work though. <laughs> sturdy. <laughs> You're killing me. I'm gonna look up screen caps. Keep going. And uh, my other segment is what is Sam shipping the most? I know you're expecting me to say Hiram and Hermione. Um, I'm not going to. I'm gonna say FP and Alice for that they two were there. seconds. Yeah. Yeah. They were at Pops together. They were on a date. Mm-hmm. They were subtle about it because they were sneaking around, but they were on a date. They were on a date, and then uh, Fred and Hermione walked in, and they were like, "Oh, hey guys!" And they were like, "I guess you can sit with us because we're totally not sure. on a date." Ha ha ha. Totally fine if you sit down here. <laughs> I feel like Pop. How are you? I feel like Pop is the one in the entire city who always knows who's dating who. Oh, absolutely. Pop has all the tea. He's got a twenty-four hour diner. He he sees who comes in at midnight Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. has like smeared lipstick. You know what I mean? I just know that after every musical, no matter if there was a murder or not, uh, Pop's is ravaged by theater kids. Oh, absolutely. As someone who has been one of those theater kids, I'm sorry. You've been a nuisance in a Denny's. I am <laughs> you sorry. You have been a nuisance in a Denny's. I just wanted to say sorry to the people who were working, the, the employees of the Denny's in Red Deer, <laughs> for my actions. I don't think I did anything specific, but I was there. And <laughs> I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I knew not what I was doing. <laughs> I was just trying to have a good time. And now it's time for Best Line Award. My Best Line Award goes to Marty and Reggie for... Reggie, what about our dream about being partners? Full partners. That's your dream, Dad. Honestly, thank you so much. We thank you a, so much for saying it. We uh, love a high school musical moment. So good. And my favorite line award goes to Hiram for... Whoever said money couldn't buy happiness was a sucker. And he's right. He's right. And he should say it. Mm-hmm. And my favorite line award also goes to Hiram for... I'm gonna go put the shakes in the fridge. <laughs> you know. Sure. You, you do murder and then you, then you put the shakes away. A cheeky murder. Also, why would you not just drink the shake? That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Yes. Just drink the shakes. He felt just ill. Just drink the shakes. I just, like, I'm, when I make that gif, it's not going to make any sense, so I'm also going to include him murdering several people right beforehand. Mm-hmm. Oh, sexy. Yeah. <laughs> so here's when we would do our trailer reaction, but like we said last episode, we are going to retire that, and instead I wrote down some things that we learned from the trailer so we can yeah. just discuss them. Um, so first of all, we're talking about a dog fighting ring. Sure. Okay. Seems sufficiently stupid. Mm-hmm. Betty and Tabitha are going to offer something to lure in truckers to learn more about them. They're going to dance on the countertop, And they're going to do like a burlesque type show in like the speakeasy. Is that just called the white worm now? Or I can't remember if it has a name. Is it just the white worm? I think it's the white worm. Okay, they just moved the white worm. Anyway, down in the speakeasy. I found the gift. 
Okay. Tell me that doesn't look like him. Oh, I've seen this one. It looks like him. I think it looks more like Dave Franco. Oh, I see that. All right. Okay. Anyway. But that's because I think Hart Denton looks like Dave Franco. So that makes perfect <laughs> sense. Yeah. He kind of does. He kind of does. Yeah. And you know what? Dave Franco, pff, handsome. <laughs> True. <laughs> Great work. Great work from Dave Franco. James Franco, don't know him. No. It's, James it's, Franco looks worse. It's a sliding scale from Dave Franco to uh, Hart Denton, and yeah. this guy's in the middle. Exactly. That's funny. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, just wanted to continue dunking on James Franco real quick. Uh, <laughs> why do you look like that when your brother looks like that? Why do you mess with minors? That. Yeah, why are you a bad man? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh, and then lastly, for the trailer thoughts, I wrote that Veronica and Reggie are working together again. So we love veggie. to see it. Veggie, veggie, veggie. He's back on the side of the good Veronica. Like, just straight up forget about Archie so that he can go, like, seduce Betty. Mm-hmm. I have priorities here. Or Eric. <laughs> or Eric. And, uh, yeah. yeah. Let me let me have this. I'm, like, waiting because we saw that trailer that was, like, at the end of, like, Pincushion Man or something. Mm-hmm. Do you remember? Of, like, Eric, we had the idea that it was, like, Eric going through, like, a PTSD type of, like, flashback yeah, with, like, with a gun more, at Archie. Yeah. And I was like, when's that? <laughs> when is that? Thank you. Thank you. Also, every trailer after the episode, I'm like, show me her. And they say, no. No. (laughs) And uh, where's Alice? I miss her so much. Yeah. This show doesn't know what it has with the parents, except for Mark Consuelos, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) But, like, you would think that they know, because it's Machen Amic. Yeah. And they see, they're on Twitter, like, hello? She's she's doing the heavy lifting for you. You know? Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Our music is Terminal by Good News Tunes. And thank you so much to Emily for um, sitting in her room while we recorded this podcast. She's, She's the an best. Angel. She's an thank icon. You. She's the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you feel so inclined, write us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. We would really appreciate it because um, that's how people, like, if they are searching Riverdale Podcasts, and then if they see ours, they click on it, and they see all the nice reviews, and they're like, maybe I should listen to this one. So that'd be helpful. If you're a fan of The 100, we like to talk about that show, too. Uh, we've covered seasons four through seven when they happened. and Whether then... we wanted to or not. <laughs> and and now... we did want to for a little bit. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> And uh, currently, Robin and I are covering the seasons that sucked less. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, just just to to round it out and do all of them. Yeah, we're we're funny even if the show is not. Yeah. Yo, how hard did I freak out at four oh two? It must have been hard. Yeah, probably. Well, a lot. actually, that is the only episode of any of our podcasts that we don't have an episode for because uh, you corrupted the files. That was that same week that Kobe was in the hospital. Yep. So we had to do a 402, 403, and we talked for like 10 minutes about 402, and that's all that we had for 402. Wait, seriously? Yes. (laughs) Yes. I was heartbroken. It was like literally our second episode of any podcast, basically. Oh, no. At the same time, I was in Edmonton because Kobe was sick. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He he had had surgery and had bladder crystals. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It was a week. Anyway. Uh, If you're a fan of Lost, we also like to talk about that show. Um, We have done all season one and two, and we are in the back half of season three it is our longest podcast our big brain podcast and we have guests over there as well it is, is it is spoiler free so you can watch with us for the first time uh i hope you do because it's uh one of the best shows of all time it's true mm-hmm. if you're a fan of stranger things we like to talk about that show too it's one of my favorite pods to talk on and i think it's deeply underrated also we just got a new like sort of like a four second trailer uh, for season four so go listen to us talk about seasons one through three we're almost done Almost got caught up. If you're a fan of Star Trek Picard, we like to talk about that show too. We covered season one and we'll be doing season two whenever it 
decides to come out. But we have a little bonus episode about season three of Disco, if you want to go and look at that. Yeah. You can follow the Fiction Otters on Facebook, Tumblr, Twitter, Instagram, Redbubble, YouTube. I did that out of order. Anyway, we're mostly on Twitter, but Robin (laughs) makes gifts of our favorite line awards, so if you want that gif of uh, Hiram putting the milkshakes in the fridge, you know where (laughs) to go. Hit up Tumblr. That's priority number one. Uh, like I said earlier, our Patreon is patreon.com slash theafficionados. If you like what we do here, please consider donating because it is expensive. Um, I mentioned all of the really cool things that you can gain if you do that um, earlier in the podcast. And yeah, we would just really appreciate it. It means a lot. Uh, there's a lot of work that goes into this and um, you get it for free. And we want to continue giving it to you for free. You can follow me on Twitter at Britannia, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. You can follow me on Twitter at SamK which is S-A-M-C-A-S-E-Y-S. And you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y pretty much everywhere. Uh, next episode, weirdly enough, Brittany mentioned it last I episode know, without knowing. Um, but episode 513 is called Reservoir Dogs. Um, and Reservoir Dogs is a 1992 American crime film written and directed by Quentin Foot Tarantino. <laughs> In his feature-length debut, it tells the story of some diamond thieves whose planned heist of a jewelry store goes terribly wrong. The film depicts the events before and after, but not during the heist. It incorporates many motifs that have become Tarantino's hallmarks, like violent crime, pop culture references, profanity, and non-linear storytelling. And foot fetishism. Yeah, I mean, this summary does I sound, won't let it go. sound more relevant to the previous episode when you brought it up than yeah. it does to whatever we're about to watch. Good for me. Yeah, because there was a jewelry because there's a jewelry Yeah, there heist. was literally a jewelry um, heist. It's just like, I think it's funny that they're like, oh no, uh, we're a, a dog fighting ring and it, Reservoir Dogs doesn't actually have anything to do with dogs as far as I understand. It's just the name. So Y'all, I think we it's can't funny. expect anything from these writers. Yeah, I just think it's funny it's that they're like. It's very funny. Yeah. They're like, haha, that's clever. I'm like, is it? I don't know. However, non-linear storytelling, I love that Oh, that's mm, my bread and butter. (laughs) Love that Mm -hmm. Okay, love you, bye. Okay, Okay, love you, bye.